You get to see people through an eight-week program, just like the whites of their eyes get whiter. You know, their health improves. They're sleeping better. Like, nobody's sleeping well right now. The ice bath around 5 p.m., 6 p.m. sunset. And then like it just unwinds you with that like oxytocin parasympathetic response right into sleep. Uh, yeah, we did it again. This is episode 383. It's called Biohacking for Women, Red Light, Hormones, Fasting and Fitness with Kristen Weitzel. And I'm going to hook you up before we even get started and let you know where you can find the show notes. You can get them at lukestory.com slash Kristen. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Lukestory.com. Kristen, you're going to find links to all the stuff we talk about right there. Okay, we've got one for the ladies today, but don't let that scare you male listeners off. There's also a ton of high value info shared in this one, especially related to the incredible benefits of red light therapy. So after a few years of requests from women who want a female perspective on biohacking, I finally met the perfect candidate. Kristen Weitzel is the global brand ambassador for Flexbeam. She's also a nutrition specialist, certified fitness trainer, advanced breathwork instructor, cold exposure coach, and overall high-performance maven. She combines her deep well of professional experience and personal journey dedicated to self-optimization with her work coaching females into the most powerhouse version of themselves. Now, of course, I have interviewed plenty of incredible women on this show who know a lot about health and biohacking, but I think this is the first one where we really focused on that. And so I'm stoked. And thank you so much from all the ladies listening who made this request. You know, I get a lot of DMs from people that say, hey, what about us, man? This is all for dudes. Hello. Well, here we go. This would be the first one of many. I'm on the lookout for even more. And I'm sure that this won't be the last. I'm on the lookout for uh, incredible women all the time, especially in this space, because there are fewer of them. I also want to let you know that uh, if by the end of this episode you want to check out this device called the Flex Beam, this red light device that uh, we talk about quite a bit in this episode because it's just awesome and I'm obsessed with it, uh, you'll learn why shortly. If you want to check out the Flex Beam, go to recharge.health. And if you use the code Luke Story there, they're going to give you 30 bucks off your first order. That's recharge.health for the FlexBeam red light device. And in addition to that FlexBeam offer, we've got a sweet hookup for you from our guest, Kristen. She's created a course called Warrior Woman Mode. And this is a comprehensive online course for women seeking to optimize their wellness and doing all the biohacking things. So if you want to save 500 bucks off her course, here's what you do. Go to warriorwomanmode.com slash Luke, and the code there is Luke. And I was really stoked that she made that offer to the ladies in the audience, quite generous. I don't know offhand how much the course is, but no matter how much it is, 500 bucks is a pretty good discount. So Kristen, if you're listening, thank you for the hookup. Uh, and for the rest of you, I uh, hope you get in there and enjoy that course. All right, enough of the housekeeping. Let's break down what we cover in this conversation. First, Kristen talks about her journey from ballet dancer to yoga teacher to experienced biohacker. She recounts her unique experience establishing herself as a female leader in the biohacking space, 
The most important differences between men and women when it comes to optimizing health, such as diet and weight loss, fasting, fitness, hormones, and gut health. Then we go deep into the zone of red light therapy or photobiomodulation and all of the subcategories of red light therapy and how they relate and differ to and from infrared saunas. We also talk about the incredible benefits of sun gazing and sunbathing and the secret to safely building your solar callus. We also talk about how the flex beam works and what makes it such a valuable and multifaceted tool. And Kristen shares her top picks for optimizing fitness recovery, the unique female experience of ice baths, and the future of her podcast, Wellpower. All right, that's it, folks. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready to learn everything you've ever wanted to know about biohacking women and red light. I think it's a great time to support the ladies in this space, so please do us all a favor and share this episode far and wide. All right, so enjoy this show with the incredibly bright and insightful wisdom of Kristen Weitzel. So here we are, Kristen. We finally got down to it. Yes, we did. Yeah, Thanks I'm so, for having me. I'm so stoked to be here with you to have some conversation. I am too. I was binging your podcast for the past 24 hours or so, so which is what I typically do. So I feel like I know a lot more about you. We've met a few times, but I'm like, this is going to be super cool. Yeah. And also something that's really needed because in the space of alternative health, healing, biohacking, I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but I haven't found like a woman who seems so well-versed as you and is just like full on into this stuff. You know, you've got the guys, the Ben Greenfield, Dave Asprey, you've got male leaders in this space, but you're kind of taking this shit to a next level for the ladies. And a lot of women have requested that. So thank you for joining me. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's a, it's been a journey for sure. Right. You know it well, because it's, we learned from success, we learned from failure and I've been doing it for a lot of years and just also watching you want to honor the growth and all the things that you continue to bring to the world yourself because I saw it in the early days and you hustled, <laughs> you know, you really yeah. you hustled in ways that were super beautiful to bring people information. So thank you. I'm, um, yeah, I'm happy to be here. And I'm also happy to always, always represent the females in the biohacking space um, best I can. It's been uh, 15 plus years, probably since Dave coined the term of leaning into different things. And I, I like to talk about myself as an aggregator of data. So many people are out there working on their own health, their well-being, optimize, optimize, optimize. And you're absolutely right what you were talking about just a moment ago, that there have been a lot of men in the, in the segment of biohacking in our vertical. And um, I learned a lot from those men. I think that's important to say as well. And then there's been some, you know, divergence in the data and the research or we're left out of research as, as females. And quite often I'm digging into it to try to find out what we can do better, or I'm doing the N equals one experiment of, will this work? Is this too much or too little? Am I going to fry my hormones or what's going to happen? So, um, I've had so much fun and I really, uh, I feel connected to the term biohacking. I think a lot of people I speak to, including women are off put by that term because it sounds sort of edgy and risky or something, even now. Yeah. And also sound, yeah. It also sounds kind of geeky, you know, yeah, it's, not, totally. it's not really cool. Totally. Like when people refer to me that way, you know, and this is just my pride and my ego, but like, oh, you're that biohacker guy. I'm like, Ugh, I always get cringy. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not. I think before it was called that, 
you were just called a health nut, right? You're just like the yeah, person who <laughs> hang, hangs at the health food store and reads every ingredient on every supplement and spends like more money on that than rent. That was me. Um, totally. Like also, your super granola. Or yeah, whatever. totally. <laughs> but there, yeah, there wasn't really a term for it. So, you know, God bless Dave coming up with the term. And I guess it's the best we've got now. Yeah. Health enthusiast might be apropos. Yeah. Um, but in my research of you, uh, I, I want to get a little bit of your backstory. So you were a ballerina mm -hmm. when you were younger, and mm -hmm. then you went into becoming a yoga teacher. Mm -hmm. How did, so it sounds like you were someone who was in your body, right? Yeah, you're using, for sure. Using your body. So at what point did you start to really, you know, get into the deeper elements of alternative health and healing and stuff? Do you have an origin story that includes you having some physical ailment that you couldn't fix through Western medicine and went to this? Or was it just like wanting to feel good and be vital that gave you this passion? Yeah. Uh, I love that you asked the question that way because I have always said, you know, people have these beautiful, you know, comeback stories in our, in our segment. And, mm -hmm. and there's so many things that they've learned and they can teach and their passions grow through that. And I, you know, my origin story is that I was a dancer. So the, the twofold path of my origin story is I didn't really have a major issue. I had a reasonable upbringing. Sure. We all have a little bit of trauma of kids, you know, divorce, all that. And I, but I was dancing since five and I, I had this vision, like I wanted to be a prima ballerina. And what I noticed really quickly as I was getting to the ages of 10, 11, 12, is that bodies are changing, right? And the way that dance and specifically ballet was back then was really around the less you eat, the smaller you are, the, the more you can get cast in the, in the, in the roles that you want and the, the more that you'd be, you know, sort of treated with like the, oh, she's a ballerina. It was just a very physicalized component of dancing. And I thought, but I'm hungry. <laughs> right, <laughs> you right. know? I'm hungry. Right. And there's it felt kind of like unhealthy in the way that people were either feeding or not feeding themselves. You know, one lettuce leaf. I have clients who would come to me in LA and be like, but I'm having four iceberg lettuce leaves and one piece of chicken. And that's plenty of protein for the day. And that's not the case. We'll get into that later. But I just got nerdy about food and figuring it out. And, and I was like, vegetarianism. Okay, let me try that. And then I read the diamond, uh, it's a husband and wife, the diamonds, they wrote a book about food combining. And I, I was like 16, I 17. That, yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, and I was food combining. I was like going, writing menus and, and doing that protocol. And then I was like, oh, um, I'm going to juice. And I was like the 16, 17 year old that had this juice. It was juice, grease, green juicing. And, and that's weird back then. Like, let's be real, right? It's like, the 90s. And so it felt like a health nut. And then the next trajectory for me was to sort of follow that. And so how could I get my body strong enough, keep it lean? And and quite frankly, I'm sure that I had a little bit of like, um, you know, like an AB mindset, like anorexic bulimic mindset. There was a period of time that I was like taking laxatives and just you're just trying to fit the mold of what a ballerina looked like. And it seemed like overnight at 16, I just fully developed. Like I woke up one morning and I had breasts and I was like, what do I do? And in that year, my the woman who was my, my teacher, my instructor, my mentor for ballet was like, maybe it's time we do like a pivot to tap and jazz for you. And for me to hear that felt like just like crushing, right? It was like a crushing blow to this big dream I always had. Now you look at American Ballet Theater, you look at the primas and they have strong legs and shapely and it's really changed, which is, you know, thank goodness. But for me, that shift was kind of a challenge to say the least. And 
it sort of set me on a trajectory of having curiosity around, I want to say food, which was like the first, the first frontier for me. And I was already physical in fitness because I was dancing and I was trying to figure out how to power turns, how many turns you can do in a row, you know, all these things that you want to learn. And then layering in just the, the hacking piece started really early 20s, um, coming out of reading a book by Younger called Clean. And that book was really about how do I clean up my diet in 21 days? How do I have one meal plus some juices and soups and smoothies and really lots of, you know, reducing inflammation in the body. And I thought at the, in the end of the book, he says, if you want to tell me this is bullshit, you can tell me it's bullshit after you do it. And we'll, uh, we'll go out to dinner. You can tell me all the ways it sucks and it doesn't work. And somehow that <laughs> just really felt authentic. And I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And so I was doing, you know, bulletproof coffee and I was doing this book clean for 21 days and I felt amazing. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have so much energy. I'm a little bit leaner. It wasn't even really about my physicality. In 21 days, you can't see that much shift. But everything about the way I was in the world felt so different. And that's when I was like, oh, there's something. And then, you know, I was following Dave a lot, Dave Asprey. I think before Dave, even I was following Mark Sisson. So listen to the Sisson, you know, he's sort of the godfather of the paleo diet and talking about how you work out and how you can train and how you can eat and all of that. So I, you know, John Durant was in Brooklyn. I was in New York and he had a big meat freezer and people were like, you know, newspapers were writing articles like, who's the weirdo in Brooklyn with, with a cow and a freezer? Like, you know, <laughs> and so all of that just sort of spun into what else can I do? It was a fun adventure. I've always been very curious about how I can optimize. And to me, it always, it hasn't always been around time efficiency. It's just been around exploration. I have a big explorer background in my family. That's a story for another day, but um, for years and years and years in the Navy. And I've, I always felt like, am I so interested in exploring all these different things? Because that's kind of been in the men in my family or something. And I've always heard these stories about going to foreign lands and sailing and all these things. And, uh, and so I just like rocked with it and said, what's next? What can I try next? And I don't know, eventually you get a reputation of being the, a little bit of the weird one and you start to embrace it. You're the weird one until your friends get sick and then they come to you and say, what do I do? <laughs> totally. <laughs> I experienced totally. this so much. I mean, yeah, yeah, a few of my friends are, you know, into the stuff I'm into. I wouldn't say that anyone's as into it as I am, which mm -hmm. totally makes sense because I'm just obsessive and totally nuts. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I noticed that, you know, some people are like, God, why do you do all this stuff? Like if you see me get on a plane, I mean, that's ridiculous. We were, Alice and I were watching this dating show called it's called Married at First Sight. <laughs> I'm like, I've she, seen it. I've seen Allison it. Allison watches, God bless her. I love you, Allison, if you ever hear this. But she watch, She loves watching like the corniest TV shows. I always want to watch something super deep or dark. I was watching the John of God documentary series. And I just love stuff that's super creepy. She likes light stuff that just kind of like passes the time and just lets her forget about her life. Anyway. Uh, we're watching that show and it's the first time, you know, they're married. And then two days later, they take a flight for their honeymoon to go to Mexico. And I turned to her and I was like, can you imagine someone getting on a, like knowing me for two days and getting on an airplane with me? And she's like, no one could hang, you know, <laughs> no one could hang until you take a couple flights and you're like, damn, you, you got a lot of energy. You're not smoked after that flight. What are you doing? You know, yeah. it's, it's that kind of thing. It's like um, in the recovery programs, they say attraction rather than promotion, right? Don't proselytize. You just live your life. And yeah. 
eventually there's going to be a beacon for people that are seeing that you're getting results. And yeah, ultimately a few of them are going to come to you for support. Um, yeah. But anyway, I want to back up a little bit. You talked mm-hmm. about the food combining thing. Mm-hmm. And I had that book and I totally bought into it. It made perfect sense that if you eat a steak, you know, whatever, that takes four hours to digest. And if you eat a peach on top of that, it's going to ferment and cause all these problems because the peach goes in 30 minutes, et cetera. And I used to have a lot of heartburn and digestive problems and things like that. And so I try to be mindful of that, but I never really could nail it. And I didn't know if it was totally legit. And then the weird thing happened, I think, just all the work I've done on uh, on myself and healing my gut, which is still not perfect, but infinitely better than it was, I can kind of like combine whatever foods now and it doesn't bother me, whereas it used to a lot. A lot. I mean, even like if I ate... Um, I don't know, Chinese food and I had some rice and some beef, like even just mixing that starchy carb with protein, I would get heartburn. Yeah. And then, I don't know, it just kind of went away and now I pretty much ignore it. Did you find that to be a a valid teaching or framework? And do you pay any attention to that? I think the interesting that happened with that, first of all, I love that you read that book because I never meet anyone that like read that book because it's it's pretty, it's been around a long time. I mean, in the nineties, it was like the food combining book and then eating for your blood type. Mm -hmm. That was another one. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. (laughs) I'm not as much of a fan of that. Uh, I think the diamond book was interesting and great. And it was a foray into a lot of the things we're doing now. But a lot of the books that we read and the, I hate to even use the word diet, but it's called the eating lifestyles that we choose. When we choose something that we are paying more attention to our food, generally speaking, I think we get healthier. Our guts heal a little. I, I see that happen a lot. Um, even when I was you know, practicing vegetarianism and all of that, like I felt healthier in some moments until, you know, and I do a lot of lab testing too. So I'm checking in what's really going on. And so getting more greens, getting more micronutrients, balancing food and separating it in the food combining diet to say, well, what is this? How does this make me feel? You, all, you start to get a sense of how it makes you feel from a food standpoint. So I think that there is, you know, there's some validity in that. I think we've sort of moved past food combining a bit. We've moved past, not everybody, but because I have clients who come to me saying, I'm going to do the blood type diet, but we've debunked a lot of the components of that. Um, and yeah, like it's like food is fuel and N equals one, right? Like your body is different than my body, what serves it. So everyone, I'm a big freedom of choice person. Did you find shortcomings eventually in um, eating as a vegetarian? I did for sure for me, uh, especially like I was, my hair and fingernails like was falling out a little, very weak, brittle. Um, you know, there's also something to be said for when you're a vegetarian, you have to make a very clear, very clear choices with your food to get enough of the macronutrients that you need. And I think that when I first started playing around with vegetarianism, I was like 17. I was in performing arts high school. I was dancing and doing theater. And I was like, pizza, French fry, vegetarian. It doesn't, you know, that doesn't really, it's like, what can you grab that's easy on the go to the school bus or whatever? You can't, I, I didn't do a good job of weaving in healthy food as fuel. And so that is a point of differentiation that I always like to bring up. I think you can do it if you pay attention to the macronutrient profile that you put in your body. I appreciate that honesty because I always clown, not on people that are vegetarian. I really don't give a shit like what people eat. I think there's a lot of self-identification in terms of like, I am my diet that Mm -hmm. I think is super weird. And I'm sure I did it at some point too, but um, I do clown on the period in which I ate as a vegetarian because I had all these health problems. But if I'm really honest about it, I was eating a lot of grains and I mean, I wasn't eating like, you know, pizza and fries and stuff per se, but 
I, I wasn't eating like nutritionally dense food a lot of the time. There was like tons of carbs and yeah. you know grains and inflammatory foods. So of course my digestion was wrecked and I had pain in my body all the time. And yeah. as soon as I started eating meat again, it was like, oh, I mean, it's just so many problems went away right away. Yeah. Um, yeah. My body responds best to eating, you know, high protein, high veggie. Yeah. Relatively low carb. I mean, carbs, carbs are not the devil, especially if you're working out a lot. I want to take a moment to share with you my brand new eyewear company called Gilded by Luke Story. My goal with creating this brand was to tackle the problem of blue light and bad fashion design with one simple solution. Blue light is a color of light needed during the day, especially at sunrise, from its natural source, the sun, to release cortisol, promote alertness and focus, and to set our body's natural circadian rhythm. Artificial blue light from sources such as device screens, TVs, street lamps, city lights, and car lights is a distorted color of light with detrimental effects on our health. So taking in artificial blue light after dark tricks our bodies into thinking it's still daylight, which disrupts our circadian rhythm and prevents restorative sleep. Taking in artificial blue light during the day is disruptive to our health because it lacks the healing red and infrared light with which blue light is balanced in sunlight. And a disrupted circadian rhythm and lack of great sleep leads to a decrease in vitality and to long-term chronic health issues such as obesity, anxiety, depression, diabetes, cancer, neurodegenerative diseases, heart disease, and autoimmune diseases. Exposure to artificial blue light during the day also leads to the above effects as well as to eye strain and a decrease in energy and brain function. So by wearing gilded blue light blocking day lenses, you will block 100% of the damaging artificial blue light at 455 nanometers as measured across the light spectrum. And by wearing the gilded blue light blocking night lenses, you expand that blue light blocking coverage even further to 550 nanometers into the range of disruptive green light. What's also really cool is that gilded glasses are made by using a proprietary blend of pigments, including melanin, which is infused directly into the lenses to fully block harmful blue light. So by using the gilded glasses to block the harmful blue light during the day and night, you're going to set your body's natural circadian rhythm, which will give you the good sleep you need to wake up healthy, healed, and energized, and will also set your circadian rhythm for the next night of healthy sleep. To check out my new line of men and women's eyewear, go to gildedbylukestory.com. That's G-I-L-D-E-D, gildedbylukestory.com. Yeah, I've been, I've personally just finding more balance with all of it. Yeah. You know, last night I stopped at the liquor store and I got like two mango ice cream bars and they were fantastic and they were probably like full of corn syrup and God knows what else. It's just <laughs> like, I don't know. It, I think sometimes with the the food piece being extremely rigid and controlling about it all the time, at least for me, kind of the neurosis of that maybe has a more deleterious impact on my biology than just kind of doing the best I can and being moderate about it. Yeah. And yeah. Knowing, knowing there are certain foods, like a couple nights ago, I had a snickerdoodle cookie. Yeah. And it wasn't... Well, it's so good to have a treat. Like, yeah, I won't, let, it, I won't it, her, let people call it a cheat because it's a treat. You're it, allowed to serve yourself. It was delicious <laughs> and it also hurt my stomach really bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, mm, as those things happen, I think, all right, so I can bend my rules a bit, but there are certain things I, I, I know there's probably going to be a bigger price to pay. Yeah. Um, going back to uh, women in this space, yeah. 
you mentioned a couple, you know, Marxists and Dave Asprey and these guys. Have there been any women along the way that you've looked to for inspiration that you've really learned from too? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I'm big into sort of like the fitness training, working out thing. And Stacey Sims is amazing. She's an amazing woman who's been around talking about women cycling, um, not spinning, but, you know, using our reproductive cycle and our years and then talking about menopausal women and how we can really train to stay strong. Um, and then someone who's really near and dear to my heart, who I just love, who changed a lot of my life from the standpoint of I carried around a lot of anger um, from, I think, earlier years in my life and thinking, you know, it's a self-worth thing or something. And I, I spent time training and spending and, and hanging out with Emily Fletcher from oh, nice. Ziva. And yeah, she's yeah. just Ziva meditation and you know her and it's, um, she just showed up on the scene. And as a yoga teacher, I was meditating and not really being able to stick to a practice for so many years. And she's the person who really got me to be able to stick to meditation. She made it approachable and understandable. She's wildly charismatic. She's comes from Broadway, right? So she really knows how to um, speak the language without making it feel like too archaic or too confusing or too, um, I think, Woo-woo is the wrong term, but you know, I like to say I'm woo adjacent. I want science. I want some woo, but I just, I may not be able to get, I may not be as woo as you, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like sticking my head in a quantum block every morning and we're, you know, like I'm, I'm pretty out there, but I have to say like, I, I, as out there as I am, I do like to see some sort of quantification or studies on things before I just buy into it. I mean, I want to see like live blood cell analysis or HRV or something that indicates there's a positive impact on biology, especially when it comes to like the quantum and energy things and all that, because there's no other way to prove that other than just someone's subjective uh, testimonial. Oh, I put this thing in my house or I wore this thing and I feel great. It's like, well, Placebo is also very powerful. So super powerful. Yeah, I think I'm a. Balanced. Oh, it's a great stat for. I have to talk about this stat because it's important. Uh, so Dianabol is a is a steroid, and so women in a, in like double blind studies against were told that we're given Dianabol for this training bout of I want to say it's thirty days, but I won't get that right. So given Dianabol, not really the placebo. They're told it's Dianabol. They train those women, and those women gain three hundred twenty one more. 321% more strength versus, you know, a control group. And so it's like, how, how, like that, if, if wow. that doesn't prove That's that the that placebo effect is real. And what I, I, I like to quote that study a little bit because I can send it to you to put in the notes, but I like to quote that study because what it says to me is how impressionable females can be specifically because we are told quite often that we don't have enough testosterone to be able to like get the lift, do the weights, or we, or we hear that, or it's socialized around us. And we sort of have lived in that, in that space, you know? And so that's, it's part of the reason that I, you know, I follow Stacey Sims. She'll talk about things like that. And it's part of the reason, I mean, I learned that specific study came from a, a gentleman who's a mentor of mine in nutrition, who's, and training, which is Dan Garner. And then um, even like with the red light, like working with Flexbeam, our, our chief medical person is uh, Zulia Frost and she just has every protocol on the planet. You know, the I ones- listened to your interview with her and I was like, damn, homegirl knows a lot about like photo biomodulation. Photo biomodulation. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah. she was dropping stuff. I was like, what? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Zulia, Zulia works with us and then Sarah, who used to work with us, she just did a lot of consulting with us as the one who I interviewed. And oh, I just, the, Br- the British Sarah lady. Sarah Turner, yeah, oh, yeah. okay, okay. And she's rad. She's like, she's the woman, she's like, 
she's the woman behind the woman behind the red light. It's amazing. Yeah, she yeah. was very impressive. Um, yeah. So it, I, I've noticed over the years that I've recommended things that I do to women, such as I remember when I first started drinking Bulletproof coffee, I was like, this is incredible. I don't have to eat all day. I would have that fatty <laughs> coffee in the morning. And I'm like, what? Why is everyone else obsessed with lunch? So I was working, I had a company and we had maybe three or four employees and everyone's like, when are we getting lunch, lunch? I'm like, what? Let's keep crushing. What's wrong with you? And so I would recommend that to uh, female friends and things like that. Yeah. And they, it just did not work for them. You know, they just adrenal issues and just things like that. So I, I know one thing that is different in the way that um, your average female would approach biohacking uh, has to do with how you fast, intermittent fasting and things like that. So mm -hmm. I'd like to maybe dive into that because I know a lot of a lot of women listen to the show and we're always recommending these things and as you said the studies are based on males oftentimes the, yeah. the the experts that are coming on recommending things are working on themselves and other male clients so in the biohacking world what are some of those things like fasting or intermittent fasting that are just way different in how a female would approach it and um, and find success yeah I mean, fasting is a great example. I'm conservative on fasting because of some of the challenges we deal with hormonally and the environment and stress levels and anxiety being so high. Women are typically prone to depression, anxiety, and stress a bit more than men. That's typically what the studies are showing. And then also um, recovery. Like I just really learned when I talked earlier in my origin story about this like twofold path, I really learned at the biohacking conference that just happened, I learned a really valuable lesson, which was I had COVID. I moved over the course of the two weeks I had COVID. I pushed myself super hard. And when I hit the first, or like the day before the conference, I hit my hotel room and I had what I would call as a nervous system failure, just working with breath and the nervous system so much. I hate to call it like a breakdown because that just feels so not, it feels self shame, you know, shameful. But I had like a sort of nervous system failure. And the point of that is to say that as women, we really need to focus on recovery. Like you are only as fit as what you can recover from. And the thing I learned, which is like, you know, two weeks ago even is, you know, I'm coaching and I think I'm impervious to it and I can keep going and I can crush it. And I coincidentally had 18 men in me in my division in my corporate years. And it just, I learned the communication and the work style of someone who's in a male embodiment. And what doesn't serve me as well. So recovery is a really big thing. And so we are only as fit as what we can recover from really applies not just to recovering from training, but recovering from stress and recovering from like traumas in your childhood even, right? How do we dig into those things even more to be able to recover well? And does that go for men and women? Of course it does. But because we tend to be more sensitive creatures in, in female, you know, female physiology, even more so. Even more so, we need to figure out how to get ourselves feeling safe and feeling recovered from whether it be a fitness training or something that happened to us, you know, a fight with our spouse or whatever's going on in our life and the levels of stress we're coming off of. Because right now, people are more anxious, more stressed, more sad than they ever have been after two years of us living in the unknown, right? This crazy world that we're in right now. And so I think Fasting conservative, I tell women 12 hours, 14 hours max. We can't do it as well. Our bodies don't do it as well. Ice baths, very different. We can talk about that later. Um, and using tools like, you know, red light therapy. I use the flex beam at night to calm my system down. So it gets a little warm. It's nice. And it gives me a moment to be able to recover. Um, the last thing I will say is women need a little bit more sleep than men. 35 to 45 minutes on average, our bodies function better on more sleep. Really? Yeah. 
And so wow, that's what the studies that. say. You know, the, the science is always changing. But yeah, when yeah. you look at a, a huge smattering of hundreds of hundreds of studies, we typically need more sleep, right? And we, we, we have to make more HGH. We have to make more specific things to be able to keep up with, you know, or maybe it's not keeping up, but just our own bodies versus you having testosterone, right? And healthy individuals. So what are we going to be able to create that's going to keep us strong and keep our bones thick and keep all the parts of our body, you know, moving forward in the way that we do as women? And sleep helps with that. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I'm thinking of the woman in my life. <laughs> it's like I definitely sleep more than her. And she seems fine. She but sometimes I'm like, how are you not tired? You know, like if yeah. I don't if I don't get at least seven hours of good sleep, like there's yeah, my performance goes way down. Yeah. You mentioned HDH or human growth hormone. I'm gonna throw this out for my friend um Nina Todd in LA. She's yeah. the wife of a good friend of mine named James. She texted me a couple days ago and she's you know, just a regular person, not has a healthy lifestyle, but isn't into the stuff, you know, like we are. And she said, have you ever heard of HGH? I'm like, yeah, I used to inject it years ago. And then it kind of went out of style and everyone's like, you don't want to do that. So there's other ways you can boost it. And um, she was like, yeah, I hear it's really good for your skin and this and that. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's great, but there's ways that, you know, you can encourage your body to produce more. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I've heard things like, you know, deadlifts or fasting and different things. I'm not an expert on HGH. But I have heard enough people say, yeah, you probably don't want to use, you know, um, exogenous, exogenous yeah. injections of HGH. Are, do, you, do you happen to be aware of any ways I can answer her question of like how a woman could uh, increase HGH production? Yeah, for sure. Um, there's like three ways that I use. One of them is, you know, highly specialized tech. So I'll talk about that last. Um, the first thing to boost HGH, ice baths. Oh, so really? that will help. Yeah. Word. Um, so that's great. Um, especially if you like an ice bath and if you don't, you better learn how, cause it's, we're going to talk about all yeah, the amazing benefits of that. Um, the second thing is I will utilize a lot of people when I'm training or when I'm going to the gym, I'll utilize red light therapy before I train. And especially for men, I know this, we're talking a lot about women, but I always want to talk about this with men. Utilizing red light therapy on your body, whether it's a whole body panel, whether it's something like FlexBeam that you're like, I'm going to put it on my shoulders, wear it to the gym when I'm doing an upper body workout or an overhead pressing workout, that gives you the capacity to boost HGH when it's red light before, right? You're firing your mitochondria. You're sort of priming your system and your cells to do the thing they do best when you work out. And for men, it's like, 200 plus increase in testosterone when you do red light before. Really? Same with ice. So I know we're talking about women, but specifically with testosterone, because we just, we have a different cycle of how it works yeah. in our body. We typically, men will ice after a workout quite often or like the next day or whatever. But if you ice and you're taking like 10 or 15 minutes, and you probably know this because we go to ARX, right? You yeah. ice before, it's That's like T-scores through the roof. That's cool. I didn't know that. I yeah. just know that I'm way, way stronger if I work out right after an ice bath. And yeah. incident, when I go to ARX on Sundays, uh, incidentally, I do red light in the um, in the sauna space sauna. Yeah, yeah. And then I do the ice bath and then I work out. That's that's my formula. Yeah. Way stronger. Way protocol. stronger. Protocol. Love that protocol. Uh, but that's interesting. The HGH piece too, that's, that's really interesting. So maybe I'll send this episode to Nina. And if you're listening, Nina, thanks for the question. Keep them coming. And then the last thing, she said she's in LA, right? Yes. So get on a Vasper. Oh my goodness. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. You've been have you been on it? You know what the I've machine is. I've seen them. Yeah. They look terribly painful. Um, don't don't worry, Nina or anyone else. I don't mean painful. It's not painful. It's just it's just a like, recumbent stepper with compression and chilling, so that your body, your back, your arms, your like you have leg cuffs, arm cuffs, the seat, and your feet are all chilled while you do this recumbent stepping, intermittent uh, 
intermittent sprints workout and it's 21 minutes and it lets your body think, well, that's about two and a half hours worth of lactase that goes to your pituitary gland. And they're finding definitely with men, it's boosting testosterone, but I'm the woman who always calls. So anyone who's listening to this podcast should know I'm the person who calls, writes info at, calls the owner, doesn't get off the phone until I get an answer that feels appropriate for females. And then I test it on my body. And so I was nervous about getting on the Vasper because I thought, oh, um, I don't want to boost testosterone in my body. But the HGH benefits and the re-regulation of your hormone cycle as a female like women getting on there and going home and being like, oh, my period came like two days early. And then, but it's like re-regulating your cycle in a way that from dysregulation to regulation. And they're running trials right now in New York to say, yo, can we get these women on a cycle of Vasper that have gone into early perimenopause from, you know, just let's talk about block pathways or environmental things. Can we get them back into normal cycle? And wow. they're having success with it, Damn. right? Like we only have so many eggs. So let's be honest, at yeah. some point, our cycle is going to stop. But really getting women out of the state of, you know, early perimenopause can be helpful because there is there are other things that live in that fertility. Maybe you want to have kids. Maybe you're, um, you know, there's shame around it sometimes. We don't talk about it all the time when our bodies are shifting cycles. And so... They're so like those are That's three badass. cool tools. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. way more than I bargained for. <laughs> yeah, where right. where could uh, a woman, you know, in LA or anywhere find one of these Vaspers? You know, some of these technologies, they're... They're like harder to find. Yeah, they're like, you know, they're gym equipment-ish, but they're $60,000. You yeah. know, it's not like the type of thing someone could typically have in their home. But there are now like uh, upgrade labs and these different centers. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple in New York. Yeah, over. it's like, a, I'm sure on Vasper's website, they have like a locator. But uh, there isn't yeah. one in Austin. So we need to find someone in Austin who's going to put okay. it in a facility. Yeah. All right. I'm going to yeah. text. I, I have one super rich friend. I'm going to text him Because <laughs> <laughs> people sometimes come, Luke, I got. I want to spend some money. Like, what should I buy? And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Funny yeah. you should ask. I what? bet it would monetize between men who want to, it's the number one. It's like one of the number one searched Google things is like how to boost testosterone. Right. So between men using right. the Vasper and women who want to like check out that system, like I would monetize here. Super cool. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that I think is encouraging is out of this whole mess we've been in for a couple of years, I've noticed a huge increase in interest in biohacking centers and wellness centers and things like this. I mean, it's that's becoming, uh, you know, a viable entrepreneurial venture for people. And I know because I get so many questions. Hey, I'm opening up this thing. I'm like, wow, everyone's doing that. Cool. Yeah. Float centers, you know, all this yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. And people are integrating all of these different technologies, which is yeah. rad because as I said, a lot of these things are so expensive and not everyone, I mean, you could go buy a freaking Porsche and, you know, for the same price as some of these devices, maybe yeah. not a Porsche, but you know, a used one. Still, at any it's rate, a choice, right? right? It's like, do yeah. I have a do I have a sexy ass car or do I like stay alive longer and take good care of myself? Yeah. You know, I know what I would choose, but it's like fine. But it's you know, it's cool if if someone else is going to take on the investment yeah. and you know and create a viable business around it, and then you go pay your membership or a per yeah. use fee, and then you don't have to have all that stuff in your house, but you can still go do it. Totally. Um, speaking of technologies. I think what I wanted to get into next year. Oh, by the way, we've mentioned tons of link here, links here. So I want to um, let the audience know I'm really getting in the habit of making the show notes easy to find because so many people reach out. This episode will be lukestory.com slash Kristen. And that's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Lukestory.com slash Kristen. So if you guys are like, wait, what was that thing? That, what? What? <laughs> it's all going to be in the show notes. Go to that link and you'll get them. Uh, let's get into the red light therapy because I yeah. know this is something that you're super into. I've been into it for a long time. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I've done shows about it in the past, but it's been quite a while and I think things have evolved. And you brought it into the conversation in terms of recovery, but there's so much more that it can yeah. do. So let's kind of start getting into the the weeds on the red light therapy because um, A, it's just interesting and awesome and there's so much research behind it. But this is one of those things I get a lot of questions from women about too. Yeah. And I think that might have to do with the fact that you go into a lot of these beauty spas and things and they have these red light things over your face. It's great for collagen production and skin and yeah. things like that. So, um, you know, there definitely is an application for aesthetics, but there's also, you know, medical uses and all kinds of things. So let's start getting into some of that. Yeah. I mean, red light therapy, it's, it's, it's really my jam. It's like, it's why I fell in love with Flexbeam too, because I, I move at a pace that's really quick. And look, I love a panel and when I have the time to hang out in front of a panel and because I'm on the go a lot, I wanted something that was different and would serve me. And because I'm training in a gym a lot, I wanted something that felt like I could kind of wear it there. And you can't, little did I know that this existed in, until two years ago where I found this company, Flexbeam, who has this portable, targeted, doesn't have to be plugged in device. And I've used all, I've used so, like, probably like you, I've tried lots and lots of devices. Um, specifically, if you want to talk about um, devices to help women as well, like there's a lot of femtech coming out that like intravaginal red light devices. Really? Yeah. What? And um, there's something called the V-Fit. I, uh, <laughs> okay. <it's> so, <laughs> Let's just talk about We're gonna that. We're going to talk about all the things <laughs> oh, yeah. that like, and, and also I want, you know, there's, you know, a specific men are using red light. This is the thing I always said is like Ben Greenfield's out there being like red light on my testicles, get after it. And it's, you know, this is a thing that women come to the table naturally. And this is of course a generalization, but with a little, a little bit more risk aversion. And so we're like, you're injecting things and you're putting stuff on your, your, you know, sexual organs and you're, maybe I need to take pause. And I think this is why we had so many men in in that vertical first, right? There's a, there was a people were like, you're gonna freeze to death in the cryo machine, and you're gonna. There was a lot of like this biohacking and scare tactic feeling or fearful feeling things that women I think didn't lean into right away. And it's like why That's I use a good point. I use the word biohacking a lot because I want it to be more approachable. Even when people, even when men in the CrossFit world say to me, I hate that word. That word just sounds like you're hacking it, and it's like. BS. This is human performance. It is human performance. And it's a term that was coined. Let's use it. It's not going away. Right. And so femtech, because that's what you really want to hear about right yes, now. Yes, I do. Yes, I like, do. Segue. Only for the audience's benefit. <laughs> well, folks, I've got another incredible discovery to share with you. The red light Lumi bulbs from Blue Blocks. I use these bulbs at home and even pack them in my suitcase when I travel. They come in a very sturdy little box that makes them very durable and travel friendly. These bulbs only emit red light, so they've got zero blue, green, yellow, and orange, just pure red light, which is, of course, optimal for melatonin production and sleep. The important thing to remember is regular bulbs not only contain super whack blue light, but they also flicker. Flicker is bad as it can cause neurological issues like headaches, migraines, and even photosensitive epilepsy. Blue Blocks added a little converter into the bulb switchboard that turns the current from AC to DC, and this lowers the EMF and reduces the flicker to almost non-existent levels. These red bulbs are also non-dimmable, as dimming a light will increase flicker and EMF rates, which is not cool, of course. So when you get these Lumi sleep bulbs, I recommend that you use them in lamps rather than overhead fixtures, as our ancestors would have only seen red light from the ground, such as a firelight from campfires. 
If you're ready to get rid of that blue light and light up your space with red light at night, here's what you do. Go to blueblocks.com slash lifestylist. And if you use the code lifestylist, you'll save 15% off. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com slash Luke. And again, the code is lifestylist. I'm fascinated actually because as someone like, like Ben and others, you know, looking at these uh, the studies and research on testosterone production and as it pertains to not only red light on your wedding tackle, but also just being naked in the sun, getting lots of sun. I mean, the mm-hmm. sun and the spectrum of light photobiomodulation has such a profound impact on our hormones. But I have often wondered, I was like, how do women get in on this? And like, could you put the light on the outside of a woman's sexual organs? And I'm like, I don't know. That's not really where their stuff is. It's up inside, <laughs> you know? That's like, so I've thought with the flex beam, I actually sometimes I'll put this on Allison. I haven't tried yeah. it if she has cramps or something, but um, it's amazing for PMS. I bet for it, sure. See, I intuited that it would be. So yeah. I'm just and like on the lower, I wear it on like the lower belly or sometimes on the back, right? So I'll do a 10 right. minute cycle on the front, a 10 minute cycle on the back. Women feel PMS in different places. Endometriosis, you feel in different yeah. places. So super helpful. And even so, you're saying even if it's on top of the skin, it's still the light is powerful. The wattage is powerful enough where it's going to penetrate the skin. Yeah, I would do like a setting three on the flex beam specifically because you're getting to like that like 10 centimeter mark and you're just getting you're getting more internal right as the settings go up on the flex beam that gets deeper into the tissue and they're all combos of red and near infrared light so super beneficial um, ways to use that and also you can you know the number one thing that everybody asks me about I get dms from the flex beam with people that say What's the protocol to put it on my nuts? What's the protocol to put it on? I texted you, know, you that. My, <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out, but it's like, I you texted know. you that. And I was I was doing it way too long and on mm-hmm. the highest setting, of course, like a dumbass. Sometimes I kind of push things too far and then reel it back in. But I'm, I'm, I'm glad you told me that because I think you yeah. told me it was like two minutes. I was doing 10 minutes. I mean, uh, on the record, there is no official protocol for you to put the flex beam on your testicles. Okay. And... You know, I think I've heard many people who are having success with using the protocol that I said, I've heard this works. Right. Um, just because, you And know, we're not making medical claims on behalf of the FlexBeam. Let's <laughs> totally. make that clear. This was like two friends texting <laughs> two each friends other. Two friends texting and I was like, don't send me a picture, but here's the protocol yeah, I heard about. I, I would not do that respectfully, but... Um, <laughs> people, people send me pictures. But it is, I mean, when you're, I don't know, I, even men that are sort of um, daring like myself, when you start to put things like close to your body wherever including obviously yeah. more so probably your sex organs that's the kind of thing where even i'll be like you know what i should probably check double in on check. that yeah <laughs> let me let me just check let in on this make sure check. i'm not tripping yeah and so like let's talk about a couple things like of course if we're talking specifically about women and cramps and ovaries and things like that red light therapy can help any of those things as long as you're getting the right wavelengths to penetrate the skin to the depth that you need that support and if you're helping even the cellular structure and the mitochondria fire and everything you know, work optimally in the area around that, it's still going to help, you know, up-level the things that are inside the tissue that you're affecting. So red light can be beneficial in so many ways. And definitely with PMS and cramps and sleep and stress, I feel a big a big difference when it comes to just put, strapping the flex beam on me. I'm always like, I'm strapping it on. And people are like, okay. <laughs> but um, but to depart from that just a little to talk briefly about intravaginal devices. There are two that I think are, and I don't have affiliations with them. Um, they, they're two that I think have 
some good success. And, um, you know, you see testimonials and you hear people and you see stats, you hear women feeling a bit choked up about things that are going on. And one of them that is not red light is called the YAR lap. It's an electrostimulation device. Women who are postpartum, who have challenges with incontinence or like a lot of women I work with are like, I'm jumping up and down. I'm lifting weights. I'm doing all the fitness and I'm peeing myself a little. This sucks. And we don't talk about it a lot. And so there's an de- electrostimulation device that you can put inside your vagina and it will help. And I mean, if you follow people like Amy Killen, she has all the devices for all the men and all the women and all the erectile dysfunction and all the vaginal (laughs) leakage and all the things we are, you know, we get to not talk about often. Amy Killen sent me home from a docere clinic with a penis pump, like a (laughs) super fancy digital penis pump. Admittedly, I did try it a couple of times and the, because she did stem cells on it. Yeah. But the protocol. Oh, you did the pee shot. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the protocol, you had to be very committed and you know, I wasn't having issues that would have like motivated me to be consistent so with it per yeah. se. But uh, yeah, she's she's super funny. I yeah. love her. Yeah, yeah, and she's all about the sexual optimization. Yeah, and she does it in such an approachable way. I think it makes it comfortable for people. Yeah, which is great. She does. She she sort of diffuses any shame and weirdness around it mm-hmm. because she's just so comical and matter of fact, and she also has the scientific prowess to yeah. actually support what she's doing so it's not too silly you know? yeah but anyway yeah. carry on so yeah so uh, the yarlap is great for and it's you, you see women come out of that it's like retraining the musculature inside the body right just like we would use any kind of electrostim or power dot thing or whatever and it's um it's beautiful to see the changes that happen i don't have children so i i i haven't personally used it but you know i want to out my sister but there's other people in the world that i've either given the device to or, or had as clients and it's been super super helpful for shifting that um and then the other one is like a red light device called V-Fit. That's an intravaginal device wow. that you use every other day for 12 minutes. And it's red light. And it it's, you know, warm and wonderful as well. You can take it whatever. It has 12 settings. You can take it whatever direction you want to go. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, but it's that's really to help out with like internal tissues and... You know, women as they're aging want to be able to be like lubricated and all the things. And so red light is going to do the same thing on those inside tissues. And it's specifically, you know, set up and made for that. So whereas I can't get the flex beam in those areas, yeah, I can definitely not be get, quite uncomfortable. <laughs> it would be it would be a lot. Um, I can use it externally and then I have something, you know. I was excited to try the V-Fit. I thought it'd be super interesting. And I think that's awesome. People are always like, Can I see it? Like guys, like Freddie will be like, What's the V-Fit? Like, <laughs> I want to see it. And I'm like, I feel like I'm bringing my vibrator yeah. i don't like this is sort of awkward yeah there's there i'll could, send you a picture from the website you know there could be a boundary there you know something that's, that's <laughs> totally. private but you know totally. it makes me think of something i keep in my car it's called the i forget if it's called the violet or the v light but it's a little intranasal light, yeah. uh, red light thing and mm-hmm. it comes on a little clip and i think the one i have is 880 nanometers and I keep it in the car just because I know that there'll be compliance. I'm just driving around. I see it sitting there and I think it stays on for 20 minutes or something. Yeah. And, you know, the idea with red light and these different wavelengths of different things is that you want to get them in areas um, where there's blood flow, right? Yeah. You have tons of blood flow up in your nasal cavity, uh, the blood that's going right to your brain. So I think all of the light stuff is very interesting because you have, like you said, the panels like Juve has been one of our sponsors for a long time. Love my Juve. But you do have to take dedicated time to stand in front of it. I'll try to stack, you know, I'll sit on a uh, stand, not sit, that'd be uncomfortable, stand on the vibe plate or, you know, meditate, do breath work, whatever. But it's, I like the idea of these portable things like yeah. the flex beam where you can go do something else and you're still getting 
a targeted approach to the red light. Yeah. So I think that's very cool. So it's, whether they're going on the outside or inside, like it's all blood flow, it's all tissue. It's just a matter of what side are you hitting it from, right? And if there's yeah. if there's yeah. things internally that and upregulating um, circulation and scar tissue improvement and all those things, it's like super beautiful. I so. bet the internal stuff, or maybe even the flex beam from the outside, would be great for um, endometrial. And I can never say that goddamn word. Endometriosis. You know, like I'm just thinking of the the scar tissue that. Mm. sometimes women have issues with and yeah and there's a lot of discomfort around that so like just it's nice to have the extra you know it gets a little warm i mean this is the big thing about having a targeted device and when you look at websites of, of various different you know kinds and red light it's a lot of times it's like of course it's like a marketing right it's a beautiful model they're not going to be naked it's like you talk about this a lot it's like get as close as you can and get as naked as you can, yeah, you know, as much yeah. as is going to be, you know, cool for you to do in your house and, and which should be, you know, everything you can do. Because a lot of times you see like a shot and it'd be someone standing like 10 feet away from the panel. And it's like, what? We talked about I this, know, right? On that Sunday. I know. I feel it's like, bad. I want, you know, you don't have to like lay on it, but like you got to get close because looking at the research, that's where the big boost of yeah. benefits comes. It's the same thing. Like you talk about EMF, right? The further you, it, it quickly goes, you can get it to go away from you by getting away from the thing, right? Yeah. And like, we're talking about radiation. I mean, red light is a, it's a radiation totally. just like the sun. So the inverse square law, it, the power diminishes exponentially the further you get away from it. Yeah. But sometimes like someone will send me a picture and they're like, look, I got my my red light thing and it's like set up in the sauna three <laughs> feet away. And I'm kind of like, that's cool. I mean, it looks pretty and maybe there's something happening in your eyes. But yeah, I mean, you want to be super close. Yeah. Um, tell me about, so I, and I don't know how much you know about this and I don't know that much at all, but the different wavelengths, right? Maybe just break down kind of the the spectrum of near infrared to infrared and yeah, what some yeah. of the different spectrums are good for. Because mm -hmm. when you're in the business of shopping for red light, I mean, obviously on most of the websites and things, they're saying like, this is the range we're using and why. Yep. And I kind of just do it all, but I, I don't really look into uh, the specific wavelengths that much. And, yeah. and aside from the wavelengths, of course, in terms of your proximity to it, how much wattage you're actually getting. And yeah. this has been a big critique of some of the um, the companies that are kind of all coming to the table with red light therapy, it's like, cool, it makes a red light, but the wattage isn't enough to get it in you, even if you're close. So there's yeah. kind of a lot of nuanced stuff around what's going to be an effective method of delivery. And I want people to be able to spend their money wisely and not waste it on just a shiny thing that actually doesn't do the thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, so if we're talking about red light, like red light and near infrared, which is really a lot around the flex being a lot around what we see in the red light category, we're typically looking at uh, 630 to 850, maybe as far up as 1200 is just the near infrared light where it's like not visible to our eye, right? It's like why we put little a little red light in each one of those because people who are buying the flex beam were like, this one's not working. <laughs> totally, totally. And I think that happens with panels too. Someone yeah, will be yeah. like, did you know half the bulbs are burnt out on that? It's like, yeah. no, that's cool. That's great. Yeah. So 630 to 850 is the range that we play in a lot of research and studies for 50 plus years. Um, you know, red light's not a new thing. Obviously, it's like when you go back to the Egyptians, there were people worshiping the sun and getting those wavelengths at the right time of morning and evening. And when you look at, um, there was, you know, Sarah talked a lot about this when she was like, uh, no, you're good. I'm okay. just checking my red lights. Oh, okay. You're, like, what <laughs> you're talking about red lights. And I was like, what about the red lights on the cameras? Because there have been times <laughs> where on? my cards run out. Oh, okay. And usually I have someone here kind of watching that. Yeah, and yeah. I was, it happened in actually in uh, Florida. I oh, came home and I was like, uh, oh. why do I only have two files on the B camera instead of 12? Mm. And so I was just, 
double checking. That's You're good. Fine. We're checking in on our red light. Yeah, thank good. you for talking about red lights. So I pay attention to those <laughs> red lights. Carry on. Yeah. Um, so if we're looking at red light, um, if you're looking at like, you know, 1903, uh, Niles Finson, Sarah talked about this with me a lot. I learned so much from her. She's a great educator. Uh, Sarah Turner, who was on my podcast, she, Niles Finson was like, hey, this is like, let's start like getting patients out into the sun. We're seeing good income outcomes with their health and faster healing as we like wheel them out and wheel them in and wheel them out and wheel them into the sun and getting actual sunlight in the morning, et cetera, different times of day. And then pharmaceuticals come into play, right? It's a lot easier to give someone a pill and they're flickering fluorescent light. Thanks for that post the other day. And I was like, oh, um, I know it's brutal. It's just brutal to see the flickering light, uh-huh. but it's like, we're giving them a pill in a flickering light space. That's easier, but it's like, it's 10 X worse for us. Right. So they, yeah. that sort of fell out of favor that they were doing that a lot with, um, various different smallpox and things that were going on and being, oh, we're having better outcomes when we have people in the light. So putting two and two together. And then it fell out of favor for a long time until like the Ruby laser hit, which was low, low level light therapy. And that's where we started to play with wavelengths again and red light again. And just like really understanding that when you're looking for a reputable device, which I think is part of this question, that there shouldn't be any smoke and mirror feeling on a website or a phone call or email. And there should be specs that are listed and that you want to play in those ranges, 650 to 1200, depending on what you're looking to do. And, and typically 600, 613 in some of the research to like 850, 900. It's like playing in that area is where we're seeing, seeing the most healing benefits, specifically from red light therapy, which is under the umbrella of all the beautiful colors that are existing in photobiomodulation, right? Which is what other colors can do for us as well. Um, and it's just some things are visible to the eye and some things are not. And then it's how people are producing these items, right? I think I like to deter people. If it's really, really inexpensive, chances are it like it could just be like a red light bulb, which is different than what we're trying to do here. And if it has a name of a brand that feels like hard to read or understand, or you're just finding it on Amazon and somewhere in the list, I just don't trust those brands. Like I, I, I make sure that when I'm working with different brands and I'm doing the research and I know that they're credible. And so I think looking for a credible brand playing in that range of like, you know, 650 to 850 or six to 900 nanometers is important. And, you know, I say this other thing too, which is like understanding if there is like an EMF rebalance going on, just meaning I'm going to do all this stuff. That's really great with red light. And if, is the person making something that has a wild amount of EMF that feels really intense, right? And like maybe checking in on that, if that's something that you're worried about, right? If someone has listened to this show before, they're they probably worried about it. <laughs> yeah, this, they know. Th- these two, I think that's why one of the reasons I was excited for this conversation, there were a lot of reasons because there's so much unique territory we can cover. But to me, EMF and our lack of relationship to natural light, I'm like, why aren't people talking about this more? And there, there are now, but it's still kind of like, it's still in the kooky conspiracy theory category kind of with emf right because a lot of the sort of truthers and stuff talk about 5g and that they're trying to kill us and turn us into robots and whatever and they might be and probably are but uh (laughs) but to me it's like dude the food like once you get the food basics down and you find what agrees with your body the way i look at it is by zooming out and seeing before about 200 years ago, every human being that's ever been on the planet was outside all the time, mm-hmm. right? And if they were inside, they weren't behind glass. So they were still getting a natural spectrum of light, however limited it might've been. And so to me, like, 
our relationship with light isn't even a therapy. We've had to make it a therapy with something like the flex beam because we're just not outside. Yeah. Right. And you have a couple, a few generations now that are light deficient. And so now we have to reintroduce that into our experience. But as you said, one of the um, downsides to reintroducing technology is now we have to make sure that things are being manufactured and there's extra precautions and engineering that are taking place so that these devices don't then introduce another offense in the form of EMF. Yeah. So just mitigating it in the smallest way possible so that people feel like, okay, this is safe, right? Because some companies are just trying to make a bottom line and it's why you and I are very prescriptive about the brands that we talk about and we use and we recommend. I feel a huge responsibility as I'm sure you do too. Oh my when God, you're like, totally. Hey, this is what I love. And this is, that's why I'm like, people are like, I know Kristen annoyed the crap out of that headquarter office or that owner or whatever. And they feel I'm that like, guy okay. Too. I'm love, that guy too. I, I go, first thing I do when I find a new product is I go on the FAQ and I'm like, I'm looking at like blue light, EMF, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Unless it's expressly stated in their marketing materials. But I'm kind of scanning that, and then I am the nerd that's going to email them. What wavelength is this? What the what's the exact wattage? Have you tested for EMFs? What type? Because oftentimes, too, with tech, they'll say it's a low EMF. Well, what kind of EMF are you talking about? Right? Like, I don't think you can make something that plugs in and produces hot lights without it having some magnetic field. Mm-hmm. Right? Electric field you can shield pretty well. If something that is not smart quote unquote smart, which really means dumb enabled <laughs> and has wireless technology. Like you can turn that off. Uh, like my thing I was wearing earlier, the, um, the happy that they designed it. So you can activate it using your phone and an app and then you can turn the Bluetooth off. It's amazing. Totally. That's um, like Aura, Biostrap. Totally. All of these have that yeah, toggle which is, now. Which, which is, is smart. smart. But like when a company's claiming low or no EMF, I would want to know what kind of EMF they're referring to. Like there's a lot of heated debate in the sauna industry Everyone, I mean, it's the mattress industry and the sauna industry are psychos. Like, I'm just going to tell you guys that work in that field, like relax. There's enough for everyone. There's a lot of weird competition and scarcity and name calling and these comparison charts on their site where they put the other brands down. It's super weird. But with the EMF thing with saunas, I mean, the only one that is zero EMF, I think, is sauna space. Mm. Um, And, you know, you can get the Faraday sauna. It's amazing. But like, to me, I'm willing to take a hit on a little EMF if the net benefit outweighs that 20 or 30 minutes of exposure. Yeah. But if they're not talking about it and like acknowledging, okay, there is a little EMF. We've done everything we can to make it low. Yeah. If so, how low and what type of EMF are we talking about? Because some of it's worse than others. I'm not that paranoid about like a magnetic field for 20 or 30 minutes. If you get in my car with a magnetic field meter, I mean, it almost breaks the thing if you hit the gas, like the whole Because the engine. Yeah, the engine's right there and there's no shielding in it. I mean, it's insane. And like, it's one of the reasons I think myself and other people kind of are susceptible to car lag. Yeah. And just getting fatigued when you drive. So we're being exposed to so much more EMF than we're really aware of. But if you're going to spend money on a health technology, like look for the company that's at least acknowledged it and is making an effort to do something about it. Yeah, for sure. And we just, we have a video, I say we, because, you know, I work with FlexBeam so closely because I love them so much, but the um, Arjun Helder, who is the inventor of the FlexBeam is, is just, we're, we launched a video in a couple of weeks where he's really, he's taking the, he's taking a couple different brands. He's taking the FlexBeam, he's putting it in a box, like creating the Faraday cage that actually measures it so that there's like no Wi-Fi signal interruption and oh, cool. doing all that stuff. So it's kind of, he's like, he's cool and nerdy and such an engineer and 
this whole the whole brand of this portable targeted red light device called the Flexbeam was sort of born of his love of his wife because his wife was having some liver issues and her health was not doing great. And he read a few articles and some research on just like red light therapy and how it would help because the doctors were like, oh, it's just pharmaceutical, pharmaceutical. And he he thought, I'm gonna, he's, he's a very special guy. Like he's not like you and me. He can read the research and be like, oh, those parts, I can just order them from these five places. And so he said, let me just order the parts and do the thing and made sort of a mock-up of, you know, very different, but mock-up of what the Flexbeam is today. Used it on his wife. She was feeling better. Neighbors like, oh, I have some eczema stuff going on. Like, can I, I heard you have this bulb. Can I use it? And sort of spread like that. So I always, I love it because I wear my heart on my sleeve a lot. And I think, oh, this is a man who loved his wife so much that he was like, I'm going to go to the ends of the earth and build this contraption and, you know, back it by science, but then have it work, which is, just feels like a beautiful story. It you is, know? Yeah. yeah. I've been into cacao for a couple decades. Now that's cacao, not chocolate. Been into that since I was born probably. But most chocolate is a pretty sketchy origin and full of sugar and sometimes even mycotoxins. I'm talking about the superfood cacao, the ceremonial grade stuff. The brand I use is from Danette May of Mindful Health and her company Earth Echo. It's called Cacao Bliss and it is insanely good. Cacao Bliss is made with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining their miraculous health benefits. Then they blend the cacao with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect mix to add to hot water or any other hot or cold drink. My go-to is usually pouring a scoop or packet of this stuff into my morning coffee. I actually made one this morning and chugged it on the road while running errands. Cacao Bliss does the cacao right. It checks all the boxes. It's paleo, gluten-free, keto, and even vegan. Well, mine's never vegan because I usually add grass-fed butter and colostrum to my hot drinks. But anyway, if you're ready to get down with some Cacao Bliss, it doesn't matter how you make it. It's always delicious and really good for you. It's your lucky day today right now because they are offering up to 15% off when you use the code LUKE15 at earthechofoods.com slash lukestory. That's Earth Echo Foods slash Luke's story. Or you can just click on the link in your podcast app show notes. You'll see the code Luke15 there too. You know, it's funny. I don't even think I looked into the EMF with the flex beam because it's got a battery in it and you plug it in and charge it and then it's not plugged in when you're using it. You know? Totally. So it feels actually, like zero, but yeah, it does have fans and components yeah, and it's important yeah. for us. And, and there's a battery in there, right? Yeah. And it's like, so maybe know. it's making like some DC current or something, but I, I don't know. Like, again, to me, the benefits of it would outweigh. But if something was like plugged in and it's on my body, I would be a little more paranoid. Yeah, yeah um, for sure. I want to, before I forget, because this thing's just super cool. And I forget sometimes like when we have the thing, I like to actually show, because I know people watch the videos. Some do yeah, and some yeah. listen to the audio. So those of you listening to the audio, uh, sorry, you're you're not going to be able to see what I'm doing here. But I just wanted to like have you explain some of the applications of this thing. So like yeah. I set it on on setting one, like you guys watching the video, you'll see this red light or the people that are watching the live stream. So I want to see if I'm missing anything because what I'll do with this is I'll take these Velcro straps, which are hella strong, by the way, which is cool. Yeah. And when I work on the computer, I'll strap it around like my stomach and I'll put them on my back when yeah. my back hurts and I'll be damned. My back stops hurting. Yeah. And then I'll do like, I'll lay it kind of on my solar plexus or I'll put it on my belly or put on Allison's belly. 
Are there like ways that you can get it around like your knee if you had inflammation or your shoulder? Totally. Like, like so the cool thing is there's mini straps that you have in the in your kit ah, that go okay. on this side and this side. So you can actually almost like a suit of armor. Like oh. you can strap it around your shin or you can put it around your knee. Or you know, you can wrap it around the knee this way. But this band is the long band. It's the shoulder and back and, um, you know, waistband. See, this is where when I don't look at the manuals, like <laughs> I, I, like, would, I could have make had, it work. We're all excited. I could have like, had this thing for five years and never known that until I asked you. But I had a feeling I was like, I'm sure there's other ways you can connect it to yourself yeah, um, totally. and get that really super close up uh, penetration of the light. Yeah. And then, I, you know, I, I was playing with some... Um, <laughs> whatever we'll just talk about it. I was playing with some SARMs and stuff like not really SARMs because you as a woman it can really mess up your um, hormonal system but sort of like these almost SARMs things what are that SARMs? SARMs is just like something that you can take that will help you build muscle faster right it's like it's a wannabe steroid oh, okay and so Greenfield talks about them a lot and there's only one or two that you can that you can really take as a woman they are short term they are also like not I'm definitely not a doctor. I'm definitely a biohacker and not something every woman needs at all. I just wanted to play with body composition and, and you know, physical recomping of certain areas of my body and see if it would help, right? Because it's like something you take. You can't target fat loss. You can't target shape differentiation. In many ways, you have to work out and eat well, right? Right. So I played a bit with SARMs. So the point of the story is that I got, got this weird little thing on my neck. And so I was like, I'm not going to take the SARMs anymore. It's like a, it blocks certain, certain, um, things and sort of your, the way your body um, processes fatty acids. And I thought maybe that's coming from that. Could be coincidence too, right? We, mm -hmm. I don't really know. But so I utilized the flex beam to sort of put, I wore it, I, it looks ridiculous, like a Renaissance collar, but I even will like strap it around my neck because I wanted to really target that space. Again, knowing this is close to my face skin, doing a shorter clip of time, yeah. but just, you know, that's the thing that's awesome about it is that I can like put it around my neck. I can put it on my tennis elbow. I can, you know, wear it, whatever. And then I can be on the go. And for me as a breath worker and someone who coaches breath a lot to be able to like de-stress my system, calm down and then use it like a makeshift breath belt so that I have tactile feedback. So I'll make it a little tight. And then I work on diaphragmatic breathing. Oh, and cool. that's like cool because you're getting the red yeah. light right into this whole diaphragmatic area and your intercostals all between your ribs. And you're like, oh, okay, this is rad. I'm like, there's a benefit and I can do breath work. And it's again, like stacking your hacks. That's a cool idea. Yeah, I, like really that. I like that. And thank you. Thank you for telling me, Luke, read the fucking manual. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> I was like, you have, trying, you, I'm have, like you have small bands, you have like bands for vertical and horizontal. Well, it's like, it's rad. That's super helpful. Uh, what I used this for the other day, and I don't, it's, I don't know why I'm surprised when stuff works. Like I shouldn't be. Why would I buy something or like promote something or whatever if I didn't know it was going to work? But I just didn't know what else to do. I'm having this weird thing. Where, and it might be from like wearing earth runners, like minimal footwear on mm -hmm. concrete for a number of years, but my feet are getting super weird. And I'm like, really? I got, I've solved so many problems, <sighs> feeling awesome. I fixed my um, shoulder by injecting peptides and doing PMF. I'm working on my back, my hip. I mean, I'm like always getting younger, more vital, more awesome, feeling much less pain than I ever have in my body, generally speaking. And then my feet started doing this weird thing where I almost like have to tiptoe. They hurt so bad. It's like an achy, weird feeling. Personal problem. <laughs> I'll figure it out. So the only thing I could think of was like shooting peptides between my toes, which I did. It was pretty cool. And then I took this and I like kind of 
jerry-rigged, strapped it around my yeah, foot yeah, yeah. and it really helped with the pain. Yeah. It really for helped. For sure. Yeah. It's going to help with circulation. It's going to help with, you know, it's like mitochondrial health and our feet are like, they take everything in, right? <laughs> right. It's like they take but everything But I was in. honestly like, oh, this is probably not going to do anything. And I just was like, well, it, I got to do something. Um, and I lent, I have like a, uh, a proper like laser, um, yeah, yeah. but I lent it to a friend of mine who was tennis elbow, a guitar player. So I was like, ah, oh, shit, I didn't have that. So I, I didn't know if this is going to be powerful enough, but it actually really helped. Yeah. I just had to kind of like, I couldn't figure out how to strap it to my foot. So I sort of set my foot on top of it. But then if There's I- small straps inside the case, I thank swear. You. And then I ran <laughs> so many cycles that it like overheated. Cause you know, it has like a for those listening, it has uh, like fans in it, so it doesn't overheat, and you're supposed to leave it with ventilation, which I didn't do. But yeah, anyway. But cool. And lots of times, people come to me and they're like, "Damn, that worked!" Because it's there's still a thing that's yeah. like, but it's isn't it just like a light? <laughs> you know. I know. Well, even having used this stuff for a number of years, I just sometimes I think something will work if I do it for long enough, and there's like a repetition. But it's not that often where I re- I experience something like actually works in the first couple times, and it's that noticeable. So, yeah. so thank you for the information on the straps. Now I can use it on my neck and <laughs> All the other things. stuff like that. And also the pre-workout thing is pretty cool too. Yeah. Okay, I yeah. like that. And the breath work. And that goes um, for like any red light, but like why not? I'm like the girl who's when I lived in LA, I'm like, I drive a purple Jeep. And so I'm driving my purple Jeep down the highway at like 5.36 in the morning to go to the outdoor gym. And I'm wearing the, I'm wearing the flex beam. And I'm like wondering, but people just think I'm having a rave in here because the whole Jeep is red. Yeah, totally, I'm driving a totally. purple Jeep. I'm my license plate says hurricane. And I'm like this, I just look like a cheese ball, but like, whatever, I'm just doing my thing. You well, know? you're like me in that you like stacking things. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to like take time to do one thing. Right. So I mean, I did in the case of my foot, I was just laying there. I was probably, actually, I was watching TV. So I was doing two things, <laughs> but I, there's, you know, if I'm going to meditate, I'm always like, well, I'll do the nano V or the hydrogen or lay on the higher dose mat or like five other things, listen to brain tap or new calm. I'm going to do a bunch of stuff at once. So I can take that 30 minutes and pack in a lot. But the car thing is cool. Cause there's not that many things you can do. Yeah that are passive enough for you to drive safely. So that's actually a good tip too. Yeah. I wear my flex bean, drive the car to the gym. And then at red lights, I use my breath device. That's like a respiratory muscle trainer, (laughs) which is like, probably I shouldn't recommend that, but I'm like at a red light and you just do 10 cycles and then you like the next red light. So it's like almost gamifying it. If it's green, I go, if it's red, I do the thing on the way, you know, and then I get enough, enough cycles. I like that. that. (laughs) Um, You were talking about the importance of recovery for women and I think that's super smart and something we could talk a bit more. And we were going to get into one of your recovery tools, with this, which is the cold therapy or ice baths. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to say, I have noticed uh, there are far few fewer women in my experience that are interested in or willing to explore the world of cold. Mm. And I, don't, I might just be chalked up to another observation, which is typically... You take, you know, same age, man or woman in relatively the same shape. The guy's going to be running hotter, typically, just body temperature wise than a woman. I've noticed this. I'm always hot. My partner's always cold kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe women are just more ad- averse to um, to cold in general. But help us and help our female listeners to, you know, open to the idea of embracing things like ice bath or cryotherapy and yeah. how that really assists with recovery. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a number of different benefits that come from ice bathing. I think um, our body temperature fluctuates. You know, there's a whole world of things that happen when we're in our reproductive years and they're amazing. 
And a lot of times when we talk about our cycle or our period, we talk about it in a way that's like this unfriendly thing that we can, we want to go away. And to me, getting my period has always sort of signified to me that I'm like in a healthy space and that everything is going as it should in the 30-day cycles or 28-day cycles that I have. And it's important, I think, for women to really embrace that they have temperature change during the course of the month. And in the lifespan of having your period, you're getting your cycle or perimenopause, menopausal, we're going to have lots of different temperature changes, right? So maybe a, you'd say a, a woman who's getting hot flashes might be like, yes, ice bath, I'm ready. You oh, know, just right. like there That's is that yeah. component too. So yeah, yeah. Um, maybe it's about risk aversion. I don't exactly know where it comes from. I do see less women in the space, but I think that there are a number of tools and reasons we should be doing ice baths. I hate using the word should, but doing ice baths can be highly beneficial to females um, and males as well. It's like put over a thousand bodies in ice at this point, coach people. So I feel adept to talk about it. Number one, there's a huge thing um, I see. And again, like I'm not a medical doctor and the research is hard because with ice and with cold, it spans lots of different countries, ages, cycles of life. Um, there's tons of men in the research. The temperatures are different. It's ice cubes. It's running water. It's, it's really hard to kind of narrow it down. It's, it's pretty vast research, but it's, it's hard to figure out how much, how long, what temp. And, you know, I think groups I've worked with and certification bodies I've worked with have done a decent job of that. And that's sort of where I get my information to coach. Women specifically, um, you know, are coming to me more and more. And I don't know if you hear about this with like autoimmune, with Hashimoto's, it's on the rise. Yeah, right. Sure. Ray knows even like, and again, doctors may say getting in cold, that's a contraindication. Don't get in cold if you have these things, right? And we have to be adept and self-aware enough to know how much our challenges are, our dis-ease is holding us back and what our relationship is with our doctor and what's functional and also be daring enough to try some things. And this is, it's an important component, I think, of, of biological femalehood, which is like actually saying, I want to assess this risk. I want to decide in a sovereign way what's good for me. And then I want to make some choices to advocate for myself. Because quite often women at the end of their rope are like, I'm going to get in the ice or I'm going to go do this thing. Right. And that may or may not help them. But the ice I am seeing with other females that I coach with, with lots and lots and lots of women who are challenged, I don't want to say it's curing these things, but it is mitigating both symptoms and reducing, if not totally eradicating things like that by having a frequent ice bath um, practice. And that to me is a big deal. And I also want to say at the same time that women are not as adept at going in the ice every single day. So I'm very much a proponent of, I'll put a dude in the ice every day, yeah. every day of the week, you can tolerate it because of our cycles, because of our, our physiology we can dysregulate our hormones if we're getting in the ice too much. I learned the lesson the hard way just personally. It's my anecdote, but I did a 30-day that turned into 34-day challenge where I did a six-minute ice bath every day in a row on Instagram three years ago. And I said, hey, I'm going to test before and after. And by, de by day like 19, which is I think when I did the second test, I had already started to get my hormones wacky. Oh, interesting. And I wow. only did 34 full days because I said, you know, you say you're doing something on the gram, you better do the thing. And of some course. days I was like, okay. And then the last four days, people had caught on in the local LA neighborhood so much. They're like, I'm coming over, do one more day. And so I was doing it with other women and that was cool. But we can dysregulate our hormone cycle and why take the chance? Like you, ice bath three times a week, awesome. You're awesome when you're doing that. Um, and then the one thing that always gets women in the ice, just when I speak about my clients or... Um, you know, people I talk to, people who DM me a lot because, you know, they see pictures and they're like, how are you doing that? 
if you're trying to recomposition your body and you're eating relatively well and you are doing some kind of fitness training, there is nothing better to recomposition your body than getting in the cold. Nothing. And that is because we are making brown adipose tissue like a med- much more metabolically active fat tissue. So we have white adipose, we have brown adipose, we also have visceral fat, which is around our organs, but leaving that off the table now, white fat is the stuff we're like, oh, I want to lose some body fat, right? Typically. And brown adipose tissue, we used to think that at 20 years old, we stopped making it because we were like cute little babies. We got a ton of brown adipose tissue, densely populated with mitochondria, really metabolically active. And maybe we just grow out of it at 20, right? We, we are in our full form and we're cool. But what we've realized is that um, putting ourselves in cold has the, gives our body the capacity to make brown adipose tissue again. So before I even go through the first or second sentence and I tell women they can lose body fat because they're in the ice, before I finish that sentence, they're in the ice. <laughs> like that's what happens because, that's you know, funny. sometimes women are like, what's, is, what's the answer, right? Yeah. Bottle it and I'll do it. Um, and just the long-term benefits. Like you mentioned cryo. Yeah. Cryo is amazing. In LA, it's like 50 bucks a pop for three minutes. And I always felt like, I don't know, I can go get bags of ice, have some friends over, or I can find other ways to do this. Or cold shower, cryo. Those benefits are good. Their short-term benefits are amazing from a cold shower practice or cryotherapy for sure. And start where you're at, right? If this bath is scary, then start somewhere. And also you could do an ice bath first. And the long-term benefits of ice bathing from, from like ice plunging or cold plunging or deliberate cold exposure or cold water immersion, whatever we're going to call it, those benefits are tenfold. Just cellular health, cold shock proteins, activating brown adipose tissue, brain chemistry. And then specifically for everyone gets this, but for women, I noticed too, like the mental toughness slash confidence piece when you're like, I can't, and then you do the damn thing and you get out and you have what we call a parasympathetic response so that you're all your brain chemistry, oxytocin, adrenaline's rush. Like you feel incredible. Like I have executive women from making movies in Hollywood that show up and then, and I'm like, oh, she's like badass and pretty stoic. And then they get out of the ice bath and they're singing like the Lion King on the top of my roof. It's beautiful. It's like a beautiful moment to see people's joyful nature when they get out of the ice bath. Part of that is I conquered that and you carry that into the rest of your day. You know, I just did a post that was like, we don't get in the ice bath to get good at doing ice baths. We get in the ice bath to get good at life. That's what we're training for. And that it, I see so much direct correlation to the way a woman holds her head in the, high as she walks out of my doorway or out of the space I'm coaching in. I see body composition changes. I see when I, I, I was working at a gym called Deuce, doing some performance breathing, like using breathing, cold, and heat as a variable within training. And I, you get to see people through an eight-week program just like the whites of their eyes get whiter. You know, their health improves. They're sleeping better. Like Nobody's sleeping well right now. The ice bath around 5 p.m., 6 p.m. sunset. And then like it just unwinds you with that like oxytocin parasympathetic response right into sleep. And so we have, you know, I have studies, I have studies like this with red light too, but it's like better sleep scores, better, you know, better latency, better deep sleep and REM. And so why not do those things? I'm super excited That's about badass. ice. Can you no, tell? Me too. It's like I just did one on my way over here. Oh, you did. My Morosco Forge. Yeah. Love um, it. Two more weeks. Mine comes in two uh, more weeks, and then the we can be Morosco buddies. It's the best. <laughs> right? 
There's a lot of hype about CBD these days. I feel like everywhere I turn, I see an endless sea of CBD products. There's dog treats, sodas, and just about anything edible that companies can slap a CBD label on. Now, there's no doubt that CBD has many benefits. It's been proven to reduce inflammation, help muscle recovery, relieve anxiety, reduce stress, and improve sleep. The thing is, it's not whether or not something contains CBD. It's all about the sourcing of the product and whether or not it actually works. This is why my CBD of choice is Eaton Hemp. Their CBD is minimally processed and infused with Eaton's own organic hemp seed oil grown on their farm in upstate New York, making it a whole plant, unfiltered, and full-spectrum product. This ensures that you're getting the maximum terpenes and the full entourage effect as the nutrients in the plant work in synergy together. It's also 100% organic, and this is an incredibly important fact, as much of the hemp on the market contains heavy metals, pesticides, and other brutal toxins. This is, of course, less than ideal when you're trying to take a product for its health benefits. So if you're ready to get your chill on with some clean, super legit CBD products, go to eatonhemp.com and use the code LUKE for 20% off. That's E-A-T-O-N-H-E-M-P, eatonhemp.com, and the code again is LUKE. Well, I've already done a show on, on it, so I won't you know, bore people, but what's cool about that one, and I'm still just in love with it, is that A, it actually makes ice. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's like cold plunges and they make cold water and I'm sure there's benefits, but there's something about, it's almost like the effect of a weighted blanket. When I get in and it's full of ice, I just kind of sink in there. There's this pressure on me. It's just, it's a weird thing. I don't Other people have shared this with me too, but yeah. the ice and then, oh my God, to not have to change the water, dude. Like, <laughs> or I, buy ice. It's just Yeah, like... <laughs> I would have paid like what it's because they're, they're not expensive. I would have paid whatever. I literally have never changed the water. I've had mine yeah. probably, I don't know, five months. Yeah. But I if keep, you love ice, they're a pretty penny, but that's worth it. Yeah. I like, keep yeah. waiting like to go in there one day and be like, okay, I finally have to change the water. I'm like, no. And I only run the, it has an ozone uh, for those listening. Uh, ozone gas runs through the water. And I only put the ozone on when I'm in there because I don't want to like leave it running all the mm-hmm. time and forget mm-hmm. about it. Might wear out or something. That's the only time I ozonate the water and it's like pristine, clear, beautiful, like non funky water. Yeah. But yeah, I Rad. think people ask me why I do it and there's, I don't even know all of the data you just shared. So thank you for that. I think for me, if you had to boil it down, it's like the most potent anti-anxiety and anti-depressant medicine I've ever done. Totally. Just if I had to like just bring it down to like core benefits. Totally. It's mood regulation. Yeah. Like today I was running around. I got all kinds of crazy shit happening in my life right now. Like everyone does. And it's just, it's next level. Like literally I sit down on my computer every morning and I'm just like, whoa, like this is, this is a lot. This is mm-hmm. maybe too much, you know, and it's kind of, it doesn't seem to come to a conclusion. There's just, it's full on life right now. And today I knew I, I got to do this interview. I almost said I had to do it, but I, I had the opportunity to do this interview and have this conversation. I was like, there's something missing. What is it? I feel a little off. And I was like, I have to go get in the ice. Yeah. And I ran over to the house where I don't live currently, but the ice bath lives there and I got out and I was like, oh, that was it. Reset. Yeah, I was like, that's that's <laughs> literally all I needed. I was a changed man, and then everything's just been perfect ever since. Yeah. And especially when you live somewhere like here that's super hot. I mean, yeah. people warned me about Texas heat, and I was thinking, I'm from L.A. Like, what are you talking about? 
Oh, no, it's a whole other thing. It is like a blanket of heat. It's a whole other thing here. Yeah. Yeah. I don't sure. know if it's the humidity or what's up, but uh, I know that it's a real thing here because when I get out of the ice bath, I'm warm in like 10 seconds. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're like contrast. Back, yeah. Back home, I'd be like, oh, you know, I got to move around, do some Tai Chi, warm up. I'm here. It's literally, I get out, I drop, and I'm like, I'm hot again already. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it doesn't last. Yeah. Uh, let me see what else I want to cover with you before I let you go. This has been great, by the way. Like, we've, cool covered a lot. Again, I'm going to remind people to go to lukestory.com slash Kristen. That's K-R-I-S-T-I-N. Lukestory.kristen uh, where you get the show notes. Uh, got the Okay, we got the ice bass in there. You talked about cryotherapy. I agree. Like, better than nothing, but kind of meh when it comes to uh, cold therapy. I guess in closing, I'll just ask you um, what's the latest and greatest? What areas of research or experimentation are you kind of looking into now for yourself? Um, I think the thing that's as the it, latest, as it pertains to yeah, being a female, being a female for yeah. sure. I think the thing that I'm dabbling in. Um, I mean, there, there's two things. The f- the first thing is still a little bit on the fringes. Um, it is like peptide world, which is not totally on the fringes. But I'm I've been taking cycles of bioregulators. So it's like desiccated um, animal parts that are targeted towards those areas. So it's a way to be able to oh, orally nice. take them because I, look, I'll take a needle, but I don't want to give it to myself. <laughs> and so having that is really interesting. Um, I've been taking cycles. I take a blood vessel cycle with a with the ovary cycle. And um, I'm doing a few different protocols because post-COVID, I wanted also to like do lungs, do things like that. Yeah. Um, so these so are those, like desiccated uh, organs. Organs, stuff? yeah, okay, yeah, cool. and they are, um, they are. So far, I'm like 60 days in. So like so far, I feel pretty good on them. I've recommended them to some friends, male and female, but different, you know, different parts of the animal for different parts of your body. Mm-hmm. The thymus, you know, working. I, I work with them with some clients. Some of my my um, some clients who are like, "Yo, let's. Uh, what is the thing and that you're doing? I want to do it from the get." you know, from the get go and that, that they're willing to spend on it. Cause it's not, it's not, um, inexpensive, but, um, but there's a lot of, there's some decent research. And that the great thing is about these bioregulators is it's like no contraindications. This is like molecular hydrogen, right? It's like that we right. don't really find any, any, you know, contraindications with anything that's going on, which we should also mention that if you have heart issues, diabetes, or anything major going on in your, um, blood flow circulation that ice baths check with your doctor first oh, that's, um, that's a good point so that's yeah. a good point to make yeah. um pregnancy if you just haven't done it before probably not the time to start uh but bioregulators i'm really yeah, by babies know, in there like what what's is happening, happening? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny um but bioregulators and uh the other thing i've been playing with um in the biohacking space for women is so we don't talk about this a lot and I don't know if you've heard this before. So maybe this is like old news to you, but um, I work with clients and I work with my own body in a way that is like training and eating according to my cycle. So oh, wow, I've not heard of some that. Some people might say like, you know, cycle syncing with your cycle or, you know, there's a lot of different names for it and people are trademarking things. But the reality is this, there are hundreds of studies, hundreds of studies since the 80s that showcase that we can build based on the time of our cycle that there's about eight days that we can build 33% more muscle than the rest of the month what yes is that crazy and there's also times based on our progesterone or estrogen you know in the month like the luteal phase where like we are um 
we have capacity to sort of manage flexibility better, right? Like we have different things going on in our cartilage based on what's going on in our hormonal profile during certain kinds of the month. So if you look at, uh, I'm going to become the day one bleed girl, but like day one of your period, day one bleed is day one of your cycle. That's how we like, that's how I'm numbering right now. So if I say day one, that's the first day of your period. So day one to day, let's just call it day one to day four or five. Every woman's cycle is a little bit different, that different length overall, different time, um, different length of their period. By the time you get to day six, you're starting to see an estrogen spike in the body. And so what we want to do by day six, seven or eight is we have estrogen at a really high level, which gives us some capacity for two things. It actually gives us capacity to eat a few more carbohydrates. Awesome. And it gives, or for our muscles to uptake glucose is really what it Put gives on us. the calendar, chocolate cake day. <laughs> totally. But like our muscles can uptake glucose better when we're in this specific area of our cycle. And we can um, lift heavy weights without overstretching. So like slow, steady, heavy max lifts using the anti-catabolic nature of estrogen, which means it's, which means it's anabolic, which means it's muscle building, promotes muscle building. We can take those eight days and we can train really hard. So for me and lots of my clients who are in there. These are the eight days following your cycle? So it's day six to maybe okay. day 16, right? That's 10 days. But for mm -hmm. some women, it's going to be, there's probably eight days in there where the estrogen is high. And like I'm the goofball who's at the gym where they're like playing music and I'm like doing pushups or lifting big weights being like estrogen. And I'm just like cheering myself on. But it's a real thing. And there's a lot of conversation just starting to bubble up about it. And then the, the soapbox I have is I know so many trainers and 50% of their clients are women. And especially male trainers are not talking to the women about this magic thing, which is if, if, if men knew about this and it existed for you, there would be the Luke story, 10 days to muscle building madness program. Right, it would exist. Right. We would yeah. be talking about it. And because there's like a little bit of a Maybe there's a veneer or a mask of like, I don't want to ask her about her period. It's like, you ask her about food. You ask her about nutrition. You ask your, your female clients. I ask my female clients about everything. Their favorite color, their micro traumas. I ask everything because I want to be the best coach possible to the women that I work with, right? And so, especially when I'm working with women one-on-one -on -one and in my online course, I give a whole breakdown of like how we can train with our cycle and nail it right? And build muscle. So it's like, that's a biohack. We're becoming more time efficient and we're becoming more effective because the studies say like up, they say up to 44% more muscle and maximal strength, uh, maximal power, just depending on the different studies. But it's, it's undeniable and been around so long. And I wish someone had told me when I was in my twenties because I could have started then. And so that's why I talk about it a lot. It's why a lot of times people are like, like I was in LA speaking to a group of a hundred women in a boutique, fancy ass studio. And I was like, who knows about this? I just, just want to reiterate that everyone, women know this and no one in the room raises their hand. And half the room doesn't know what day of their period, what day of their cycle it is. And I think we have a personal responsibility as females, like not to be on the soapbox too much, but we have a personal responsibility as women to know what's going on with our bodies, to really, we check in, we are so sensitive, like why not know where you're at, train, train like a warrior, right? And then recover that way too. Because I just had this whole experience where I powered through everything and had to re-recognize and get up when I did my, my talk at the biohacking conference and say, I'm going to tell you all about how to biohack like a warrior woman. Yeah. But I'm going to open with four new slides I just made in the last 24 hours because I failed. 
And I need you to know, I don't want you to fail. And the way we can work as women together to talk about all these things, to make these, the, the goal of all the females that I work with and the goal of me loving being here to talk to you is to say, how do we talk about it more openly? How do we get Luke's story, who has a beautiful platform, to know that there's eight days a month I can train better and that there's ways that I can use red light therapy to calm my system as a woman? Because you're going to run into so many females and you're, so many people in your audience are going to listen this. and I say, yeah. oh my God, Luke's educated on this and he's sharing the story and he's really telling me how I can treat my body super well. My, fr- my friend Kayla o- Osterhoff, this is just a quick thing, does a lot of research around... Um, brain, you know, brain, the women's brain, the woman's brain. But she talks a lot about how, you know, for a very long time, for hundreds of years, the most researched thing around women was hysteria. It was like, oh, right, how, right. how are, women are hysterical. How can we stop it? And right. so, you know, times are changing and I think we're far away from that. But I also think it's like, you know, a woman, like you have a mother, you have sisters, you have girlfriends, you have lovers, you have, you know, fiance, wife, all the things like men, men have all these women in their life. And just like, I don't know. I heard this podcast and this woman was talking about this stuff. Like you should just go listen to it. That's all they have to say. And there's a responsibility of anyone who's training anyone else around food or fitness, especially and specifically, I think to say to their female clients, what, where are you at with your cycle? How are you feeling? Do you have endometriosis? Like just ask the question, let them share what they're comfortable sharing. And then when women go to the place of perimenopause or menopause, it's like, oh, I guess shit's downhill from here. And the reality is there's a lot of wives tales out there. If we put heavy weight on us, we can continue to build muscle. We continue to stop the slowing process of muscle development in our bodies, right? We want to fight sarcopenia. So how can we do that with um, you know, uh, blood occlusion training? And how can we do that with lifting heavier weights? And what does heavy mean, right? Because I see women on Instagram super chiseled like yeah on a bench and that weight is like three pounds in pink and you know that's not how they got that body right <laughs> yeah that's funny and no because i was so wild when i was prepping for the interview i was looking at your instagram I'm, i don't know i can't identify the weight of like you know barbell weights but you were deadlifting some big ass weights <laughs> and i was like fuck i think you probably deadlift more than i do but you're not you don't look like a female bodybuilder but you must have you know, using no, some of this information, big, like weight helps. you have yeah. like inner strength, right? It's not like, build, oh, I want to build puffy muscles so that I'm bigger. It's just like that vitality. Totally. Right? Yeah. And it was, it's like, I say a lot to women because women don't want to get, we don't, I don't want to get big. I don't want to look like that, that stage lot, competition, yeah. you know, yeah. and cool. If you do those stage competitions, you can get however you want. But the, the real truth is you'd have to spend hours targeting heavy weights and specific protocols and just doing different phases in the gym to get yourself to that, like so much dedication, you would know if that's starting to happen. And so I, because women are built with like a, you know, we have strong glutes and we have legs and we have a wider hip span and we have the capacity to do, you know, almost as well or as well and lift heavy shit with our lower half of our body much more than with our upper body. So it's like, I know that I can go crush it on like deadlifting or, you know, lifting heavier weights. And that will not necessarily, I'm strong and I pride myself on being strong and I'm not afraid of getting a little bit thicker, but we don't have to get that way at all. And we can still lift heavy. It's like you make, you can make strong, dense muscle. It's what you're saying. You're strong, inner strength. So you can make strong, dense muscle. Yeah, that's, I'm so glad we touched on this at the end because I think that's a huge bit of information. I've never heard of it. I mean, 
I've never thought of it, right? I don't, I don't have a menstrual cycle. So it's just like, oh, okay. I'm going to obviously learn about what's going to work for me, but yeah. that's really valuable. Yeah. Um, and then women will say, I want abs. How do I get abs? 4,000 crunches. It's like abs are made in two places. Everyone knows this one. They're made in the kitchen. And the second place, I say they're made under the barbell. Because if you're doing, or dumbbells or whatever, mm-hmm. if you're doing back squatting, front squatting, and some of these things, it, it sort of assumes flexibility, functional movement, strength, whatever. And you're going to have to hold your core in place, right? And so like you can make a strong, really strong core by doing all these other types of lifts and movements. And I think sometimes it's maybe it's, you know, it's social or it's media, you know, and people are like, and says, no, I say this all the time. I love Peloton. They're super fun, but like 17 Peloton classes a week isn't going to get you there. Right. It's chronic cardio. It's like, pick up some heavy stuff and push your body to a, a place that feels like that might be my edge. Like, and heavy's relative, like don't hurt yourself, of course, yeah. as a woman, but yeah. like somehow there's a, like the risk aversion quotient for men being like, I, I liken it sometimes to investing. Like, cause I, I was, I, I went to Chris Cresser at one point and I was like, I want to invest, but I have no idea. And I feel really nervous and I'm so not smart about it. And can you recommend a book or tell me? About, and, and he was like, yo, you know how men start investing? They're like, I don't know. Luke invested in this thing. I'm just going to put my money in that. Like there's a little shooting from the hip right. that is yeah. sort of like granted in the mix. Yeah. And then, and so he was like, don't be so stressed or worried about it. Like start small. Here's a book, et cetera, et cetera. So like it's the yeah. same as weights in the gym. It's the same as the way that we biohack. And I think that we can lean into it. Well, that's know? interesting with the heavy weight, you know, and obviously you could look at me and know I'm not like a bodybuilder, <laughs> you know, but there is something very different about picking up a heavy ass weight and like you can only do three reps or four reps like that's a different experience than something that's like oh i can do this and you go for 25 or 30 or whatever it is right totally i've leaned more over the years into something like like arx for example or my x3 pro bar i I, I love that x3 is great yeah it's like a i want to get it done fast and i want to know that i just did something quickly right and the heavier weight that i work with um, I just feel the impact. It's like my body's going, what just happened? You know, it's having this kind of totally reaction to it, which is much different than just like, oh yeah, I'm just doing this repetitive motion that's relatively moderate or easy. So I'm, yeah, it's less hard. Like, yeah. and I'm such a fan of the ARX, but I'm also like, I want to put any, like, I'm so down for it. I want to, fitness variance is like a major important point that sometimes we skip over in the biohacking scene, which is like, what's your mobility practice? What's your cardio practice? Right. Because hands down, the ARX is going to get me stronger, faster, so efficiently. And also what happens to my mobility? What happens? Do I just have like a 17 inch range of motion on when I'm doing like squats and presses right. and rows? Or like ha- right. what happens to my mobility? How am I using that? It could be yoga. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. need to be, it doesn't need to be some crazy FRC, you know, I'm gonna Kelly start myself. I love you, Kelly, but Kelly start myself yeah. into mobility. You, it can be anything. Yoga Pilates, like what where is your range of motion going? Because that will eradicate over time. Great point. Yeah. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because my younger brother Cody was an FRC and like super into the, you know, functional movement and he was always like ragging on how you know dangerous it is to lift weights without doing mobility and stuff. So I'm kind of indoctrinated into that, but yeah. I'm also lazy as fuck sometimes. <laughs> it's like, I don't want to do like 45 minutes of mobility of every day, which I think why, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think why I've gravitated toward the X3 Pro Bar and ARX is because 
relatively speaking, for the amount of weight you can push, oh yeah, you're in your range, of, like a safe range of motion. I think it would be very difficult to injure yourself. Totally. Whereas if I tried to move that same weight on just free weights, I mean, I would have already torn something or been smoked and had a, you know, yeah. wrecked elbow or hip or joint, whatever, you know? So I kind of like that. It's my way of like wiggling out of having to actually focus on the mobility. So thank <laughs> you for reminding me of that balance. Um, and eccentric load. You get like, let's just say that last thing, which right. is eccentric load is where the, is that's the money when it comes to muscle building. Like when it's coming back when towards you. it's coming you, at you. Yeah, rather we, than when you're just, pushing. You can't in the gym do the same thing with weights that you could do like in, in the ARX. The word can't is, is kind of wrong. You can use bands. You can find ways to do it. You can do tempo. There's other things you can do. But from an efficiency standpoint, yeah, that machine just crushes you. Uh, one thing I want to touch on, I keep thinking I'm done and then I'm like, oh, this, we got to do this one thing. And I don't know this much about this. You hopefully will know more. Um, it seems that women have these issues with bone density later in life. Osteoporosis mm-hmm. seems to be more prominent with women. Uh, have you messed around at all with the osteostrong bone density stuff? And what do you have to say about just bone health for women in general as it differs from uh, men? Yeah, uh, it's, it's an important thing to focus on. Uh, a lot of the things uh, that I've noticed Osteostrong, I've definitely messed around with, and I really dig their system. I did, um, I, one of my mentors who I mentioned was Dan Garner, and he's uh, like Coach Garner online, but he trains lots of MMA fighters and body competition, you know, stage competition um, participants and things like that. And I said to him when I first, uh, after I mentored with him a little bit, I said, Hey, I want you to treat me like I'm a professional athlete and train me for four months. He just, he wrote programming. I went to the gym and did it. And it taught me a lot about also how to write programming. So it was very meta. I was like, I want to be a better program writer and a better coach. So I'm going to do the learning while you do the stuff for my body. And then I'm actually playing student. And so I did those four months and it was a lot heavier lifts, different styles of lifts, things I might even look at and sometimes be like, I see like bros at the gym doing that all the time. But like, I don't do that T-bar thing or that, you know, squat rack or whatever. And I trained for these four months on this, uh, this phase system with him. And then I went and was like, I'm going to osteo strong. And to see, cause I'd been a couple of times, but just to see like what it felt like the difference, all of that. And I went in and worked on all those machines. Like if you've been to one, you see the different yeah, machines they have. I, we, we have them here in Austin Oh, you too. do? Oh, yeah, amazing. I haven't been there yet, but I missed that. I was going pretty regularly in LA. I, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. And that resistance is, is really important. But I went to osteo strong and the women were the women were like, what the fuck are you doing? This is insane. We don't have people come in here and be this strong. And so it's like, yes, if I can do it, you can do it. But what really women need to know is like every moment of our, this is like, we go to the muscle, we go to the gym, we tear a little muscle, it repairs. That's how we get stronger. That's how we create hypertrophy, which is, you know, like dense muscle on our body per se. And when we step off of a curb, just walking normally, we have a tiny, 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 tiny little like there's a little micro fracture like in the bone is just getting used to. And as that heals and seals, it continues to get stronger and stronger. It's not like you're breaking a leg, right? You're just, that is our body moving in space, understanding it has to continue to use the bones and the joints in a way that are going to get stronger and stronger for those activities. So the more that we're doing jumping, the more that we're lifting heavy weights, it's pressure on our bones in a way that is then making our bones more dense and strong. And there's a, a number of other nutritive things, right? making sure we're getting calcium and magnesium and the things that we need from a micronutrient standpoint. But lifting heavy is something that can help. And places like OsteoStrong, which are really safe, machines like ARX, which are really safe in, in upgrade labs in, in Santa Monica, you will see, you can see quite often generally an older woman, you know, or a white-haired female getting on the ARX because it's safe. 
and osteostrong is safe. And that's a way that we can apply a lot of pressure into our structure to be able to make our bones as dense and healthy as possible and, and course correct that stuff. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So much great information. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. It's, it's, this is like, I've been doing this for so many years and no, I've been making so many like wins and yeah. fails that it's, you know, you it's gotta, it's awesome. nice to share it with you. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's such a gift for our, uh, our female listeners too. Cause obviously I don't have the answers to these questions. And we've had so many requests over the years, like, yeah, yeah, all you dudes, like, what about us? Like, what, what can we do? So I think we've added a, a tremendous amount of value today. And um, hope, it's I the hope. exact conversation I wanted to have. Like, I wanted Perfect. to dig deep into red light stuff. I wanted to cover ice baths, things that are very specific to y'all. Um, so thank you so much for your time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Super cool. yeah. You, you got a lot of great information. Thanks. Nice uh, to be here. Last question I have for you before I pee my pants is... <laughs> <laughs> you made me go to the bathroom, but you didn't. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I'm going to rethink that next time. Well, I, I think like, oh, it's going to be like an hour. And it's like, when are my podcasts an hour? Never. <laughs> Never. They're too interesting. I can't stop. There's more info I want to extract. But I'm going to ask you a quick one here. Uh, who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life and your work in general that you might share with us? I mean, the first easy one I already mentioned, that younger book made a big impact in my life. Um, clean is the name of the book. And it's not that the book itself is so profound. It's just that it was a thing that I was like, oh, this is a moment that I really recognize that I can use like food and find other ways to do things that are totally outside of the realm of comfort zone or normal, normal human behavior. <laughs> um, I will say the second thing that is, um, it's not a, really a book or a person. And, you know, most of your audience is going to know, but I, uh, the, I went to Burning Man for 13 years. Oh, wow. And so the first year I went and all the consequent years, I think I really started to open up to the possibility of what energy is and can do. Mm. Because I showed up as a, it's a story for another day, but I went to Burning Man alone the first year. And uh, which is like sort of a rarity. Normally you're like, I already know your group and all the things. And I thought, oh, I have some friends there. I'll just find them doesn't work like that. Um, but it was uh, a big life lesson. And when a large number of people get together with a beautiful intention and, and really like a, a relatively clear intention to hold space for both themselves and sovereignty and other people, that magical things can happen. And I don't care what anybody says about if it's woo or it's not or whatever is going on there. It's drugs or it's music. It's not that, right? It is in a gathering in the desert that showed me that people focused on positivity can really create energetic space that shit happens that is unexplainable, not just coincidental. And, you know, it could be anything from like the magical thing appearing, or I met a partner of mine of, you know, 10, 12 years uh, at, on the playa, as they say. And the first year when I talk about the going to Burning Man alone, there was a moment in time that it was like, a woman said to me, a stranger who was wonderfully helping me take, took me in the first night and said, look, you can borrow my bicycle and you need to pick a time and you need to agree to pick a time with me and I'll take the bicycle out, go find your friends if you can. It's like 25,000 people in the desert. And I need you to bring the bike back at that time. And if at that time you haven't found your friends, you need to let that go, right? This like yogic practice of a paragraha, like non-attachment to the mm -hmm. outcome. And that moment has like lived on in lots of my Burning Man years and lots of my life, including what I talked to you about earlier, which is like, you know, my moving truck just disappeared off the face of the planet. And that moment in 
Burning Man, like which takes up two of the three you're asking, is like my something I get to hold on to is a bit of a mantra because it turns out in that year I actually did roll up on my friends as I was bringing the bike back to the woman, but um, which you know was a beautiful trajectory and but I had already given up. I had been in the ice and surrendered. I had given up. I had said, okay, I'm going to turn it over to the energetics here or the non-attachment piece and bring the bike back to the woman. And sometimes in that give up, right, we have the most beautiful moments of life. And that to me was like, if that's not a lesson that I got to carry forever, if that's not a lesson with the moving truck, a lesson with the biohacking conference, a lesson with you know, fails, if you want to call them that, where I've tried to experiment and it hasn't worked, then then I don't know what is. There, there's a moment of really deep, beautiful surrender where we have to let the universe be what it's going to be and the things are going to come for you. You can't go get them. And like, I feel like you really believe that and you really live by that, That's that everything. code. That's and everything. It's, it's, I'm, it's I'm, something I'm to having, hold on to. I'm having simultaneously maybe four or five things in my life right now that are requiring a depth of trust and surrender. So yeah, I relate. That's beautiful. What an outstanding guest that was. Man, I love it when you meet someone and hang out with them for a bit before you record. Then you hit that red button. And then afterward, you hang out a little bit. And you're dealing with the same person. I think that authenticity is something that Kristen really brings to the table. So I enjoyed thoroughly my time with her and uh, she's out here in Austin now. So I'm sure I'll be hanging out with her uh, even more and learning more, you know, being um, in a male body this time around, I obviously pay more attention to what makes me tick selfishly, right? When it comes to biohacking, you know, ice baths, intermittent fasting, breath work, saunas, fitness, all the things. Um, I pay attention because I want to learn uh, about the women that I can help support and inspire. But, you know, I don't often sit down and really just focus in on all of the stuff we got to talk about in this show. So it was inspiring for me and I actually learned a lot. And now I feel better equipped to share some of this information with uh, the, the women in my life and, um, you know, friends, wife, and people that I'm about to meet out there in the world. But uh, I'm just stoked to be able to share this one with you. And if you're a male who happened to hear this and you know, you're know you like me, kind of, oh, interesting, learn some things you didn't know, man, do us all a favor and share it with, um, with the ladies in your life. I think that uh, now would be a really great time for us to support the women out there, specifically in the biohacking space, you know, as Kristen described, it's it's a bit of an uphill battle. There are just fewer women maybe that are interested in this or that are getting, you know, their stage time and mic time to share what they're learning. I think that her level of commitment is uh, is pretty hardcore, which is why I wanted to, to interview her. And, you know, frankly, I think I just, I meet more men that are like into optimization and performance. It's just, it's kind of a dude's world, but I would like to be one of the ones that helps change that. I mean, after all, uh, we all need support. And and honestly, like, you know, the next generation of women are the bearers of the next generation of babies. And those are the ones that are going to be stewards of the planet. So, you know, if we can support the moms and the moms-to-be, we're going to be supporting human civilization. Uh, that's That's not to say that, you know, a guy doesn't want to have robust sperm, I guess. But to me, the woman being the one that's actually carrying and giving birth to the baby, it's just, it's incredibly important, you know? So uh, 
that's what I have to say on that topic. But I just want to thank you guys for tuning in and uh, just know that the hits don't stop coming with this one. Next week, we've got episode 384. It's called Ozone Power, Nature's Oldest Medicine and the Future of Healing with Micah Lowe. And I'm, I'm an ozone freaking fanatic. And next week's show, oh, I'm so proud of it. I don't know if I'm proud of it. I mean, I wasn't the guest, but let's say I'm grateful for it. I always think it's weird when someone's like, I'm proud of you or I'm proud of this. Pride is to me is, is not a very, I don't know. It's not the highest level of uh, virtue. You know what I mean? But I can never re really refine, find a uh, replacement word. So I guess, yeah, gratitude. I'm so exuberant and grateful about next week's show because I'm just super into ozone. And I think what we did, or at least the guest, did so successfully was um, create uh, a presentation for and about ozone that's very accessible. Like my goal with next week's show is to really teach people how they can integrate ozone into their home routine, like using a ozone generator, uh, which one to get, how to use it, all the different applications that one could use it for. And also going into, you know, the alternative medical system a bit, there are of course things you can't do at home with ozone that a you know, an MD or at least a nurse practitioner would have to do for you in terms of 10-pass ozone and IVs and some of the more um, intensive uh, applications. But there's a lot you can do at home. And that was really my goal with next week's show. So I'm really excited to share that. And also want to remind you guys, if you want to check out one of these Flex Beam red light devices, they're freaking awesome. I used mine when I used mine. I used it this morning. I did a uh, Joe Dispenza meditation. You know, I like stack all these things. If I'm going to do something for an hour, I'm going to do 10 things. That's just me. I'm nuts. So what I did is I laid on my, um, my higher dose infrared PMF mat and I listened to a Joe Dispenza meditation. And then uh, I was inhaling the Nano-V, the exclusion zone water, credible antioxidant sort of treatment in a cannula. And then I laid under the Lucia light for a 50-minute super psychedelic meditation. And for 10 minutes of that, I uh, applied the flex beam red light to my abdomen. Actually, I did two settings and um, also a much shorter session on the parts of my body that would generate testosterone without getting too disgustingly graphic. But that was my morning. How was yours? <laughs> you know, but that's that's one hour I give to myself of self care in the morning. And uh, the Flex Beam is super cool. It's become part of my routine. It's very portable and easy to use. And you know, I love the Juve. I love these big devices. But I can't just throw that in my bag and take it on an airplane or put it in the car or lay it on top of me when I'm passively meditating or napping or something. So if you want to get a Flex Beam, um, very affordable too. I think they're oh man. Don't quote me. I better not say, but I think they're under $500. They're like three, 400 bucks or something. But you listeners, you lucky dogs can save yourself 30% off a flex beam by going to the following link. It's uh, recharge.health. That's recharge.health. And the $30 off your first order code is Luke Story, my name. So get your flex beam on over there. And then in case you missed it in the intro, Kristen's got an incredible online course for ladies that uh, are seeking to optimize their wellness using biohacking and all the things. You can find that at warriorwomanmode.com slash Luke. And the code is Luke. That's warriorwomanmode.com. And the code is Luke. And that saves your ass 500 bucks. Pretty good deal. And I think that's it, my friends. 
you know, all the things, all the sponsors. Thank you for our sponsors, Blue Blocks, Earth Echo Foods, Eaton Hemp. I'm so stoked that there are brands that want to help pay me to do this show. And I'm so stoked that you listen. And I'm constantly working on improving the quality of the audio, the video, the whole presentation. I hope that the longtime listeners appreciate that. In fact, I, I just uh, invested in a new microphone here in the office and some um, sound baffling and these kind of things. So, um, you know, trust me when you support the sponsors and all of that, uh, a lot of that is reinvested. And of course, enables me to keep having these long ass conversations with people like Kristen. So thank you so much for joining me and I'll be back at you next week talking about ozone.